Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmund Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan. It's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Number 203, Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. And what is possibly the last unregimented ever. This one, maybe no one will hear oh, that's it. True, that's true. Right, it's supposed to come out on the, this. Wait, did they say the world was ending, like, as soon as it turns that day? It's ending at Eastern Time, Pacific. Time. <laughs> I'm just wondering if I should stay up or if I should get a night's rest on Friday night. <laughs> I know, right? And then have a what, full what? Saturday, and then it'll end at midnight, maybe, that day? Yeah. yeah what time is what time is, is Jesus on? Better <laughs> <laughs> find out. Yeah. Everyone seems to think it's their own. If you're interested, welcome to the new world. No, wait. <laughs> is it now? Is it Jesus is coming back, or is it Planet X is going to destroy it? It's the the planet. I've heard a little bit of both. I think it's a little both. I think Jesus is bringing Planet X. Dude, you what's know, as usually? The, what's it usually, called? Nimbia. If I heard a guy named Jesus is bringing X on a Saturday, I'm happy. Yeah, I know, right? You know, <laughs> isn't it Nimbiria? Nim- 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 I'm confusing it now with the country that Trump made up. Uh, no, in Nibiru, yeah. What were we talking about on the Weasel Podcast? Yes. Available for Yeah, Nibiru or Planet X. The planet yeah, that supposedly the, doesn't the, exist. What is it? The moon is obscuring it or the sun is obscuring it? Well, if you imagine that it had a rotation that was completely opposite of the Earth at the exact same speed in the exact same area, then it would always be on the opposite side of the sun and we would never see it. But we've had, <clears throat> what people don't understand is that we have things outside of our Earth that can detect shit now. So <laughs> we would have seen it if there was another planet don't tell it to the flat Earthers. that close in rotation with the other. So, yeah, it, don't worry about it. It's not ending this time. I mean, there'll be a spike in REM downloads probably Friday, Saturday. But how is it going to end? I mean, take your pick. I know, right? I th- this is a sign of the apocalypse. I learned a word today from the North Korean president. <laughs> An English <laughs> word. Not a Korean word. I don't know. Maybe I just did, like never seen this word written down. But he called... What was the exact word? He calls him a... He called Trump a daughter. He called him mentally deranged. It's gut check time, Donnie. Right. I was like, did you just call our president a dutard? Yeah, the, cre- the great leader said, you have mental problems. Might be time to look in the mirror, Donnie. Well, it, Kim Jong-il has the... Un, sorry. Who you, gives a fuck? The eel's dead. Okay, but they do look the same. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Seeing all North Korean people look the same? No. All North, North Korean dictators do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same same oh. sense of style. No, uh, he's gonna he's got the cure for this mental illness. He's gonna cure it with fire, fire and fury. I don't know what that means. Like you've never seen. Right, this is a contest of idiots that have like well, can't say they have nothing but bluster. They have you know massive armies behind them as well, and bluster. They both love the bluster. I, it, 
We used to live in a time when those things were understood, right? I, I don't think that past presidents were like, even in private, I'm going to lob a nuclear missile at you. It was just understood. It's a, it's like when you've got the uh, the gun in your waistband, right? All you got to do is just lift up the shirt a little bit and show that shit, right? Don't start none, don't be none. Pretty much. And... Uh, it, did you hear the audible gasp from the UN when he said that? When he said, uh, "Oh yeah," when Trump was was doing his boisterous speech about North Korea, right? Yeah, that's when they gasped. I didn't hear the audio; I had only read it, so no. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know if it's a like a shocked gasp or a more of an exasperated sigh <laughs> or a little bit of both. Like, oh, here like, we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's funny to watch the crowd in that shit because you see clear as day some of those. Yeah, so the the gasp from the U.N. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really sure if it was as much they were all gasp or some of them just going, like, exasperated sighs. Like, really, dude? We, this is the game we're going to play. You're going to play a one-upmanship game and back a guy into a corner who we don't even know if he's stable. We, we don't know if either of you are stable enough not to start lobbing fucking rockets at each other. I don't know how we're not to the point with this guy. Like, all right, he's talking. I'm going to go get a coffee, take a piss. Maybe when I'm back, he's done. Like, how are like, Same on sin. Yeah, but... He's all talk. He is all talk, yeah, but... But his his words have consequences, and it's it's not like he's he's not a powerless idiot that you can just ignore. You know, no, you know what, he is, you know what he is. He's he's the fucking girlfriend who gets drunk with you and goes out and picks fights and goes, "My boyfriend's gonna kick your ass." Because <laughs> the is, that's what he's doing. Because Mattis has already said he's like I. War with Korea and North Korea would be a clusterfuck. I'm sorry. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take someone who spent his entire life in the military. I'm gonna take his word about what a clusterfuck North Korea would be, as far as a conflict, versus some douchebag who looks like he rolls around in Cheeto dust. I. So I but it, it doesn't matter. It's it, he. North Korea is going to react to what Trump says, and I'm gonna fuck what Mattis has got to say. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that him having generals in his cabinet was supposed to have a calming effect on his behavior. And it, it has gotten him to read some more speeches and not just speak off the cuff. But the content of his speeches is no better. You notice that you can always tell when he's reading. He, he really sounds like he's in grade school and he's being forced to read a chapter. He just doesn't have that same passion. She sounds like Hillary. Kind of. <laughs> just monotone, no expression. No, I mean, Hillary is more, she was the one who wanted to read the chapter because she had been practicing her speaking voice. She's that chick that ever, we, we all had her. She was in every grade. The overachiever. Right. No, but, so, so Trump, though, you had brought up earlier the, I, I mean, it's not the first time this has come up. Why are we still surprised? Why are we shocked? Why 
why do we react so to a man that we know is mostly bullshit? I mean, it, I, it's, one thing I agree with, Mister uh, Kim. Do you call him Mister Un? Mister Un. Yeah. Sure. Well, he said he likens Trump's UN speech to a barking dog. That's pretty much kind of like. Yeah. I kind of have the same reaction to Trump now as I do to the people that are like the 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 fervent anti-Trump people. Yeah, whatever. Like just eh, you you done yet? You know. Come, yeah. I mean, because just for me, the ultimate report card of how the government is working is what have they done? And they have done jack shit. It's been nine months of nothing. If you are an anti-government person, you you are having your day. Yeah. <laughs> the last nine months between Congress and Trump, we've got nothing done. I think that's why there are libertarians for Trump. You know, they'd rather see him there than Pence trying to put forward a, 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 a whole bunch of nothing. Uh, a serious Republican agenda. You've had it, half of Congress pretending to be indignant. Mm -hmm. Half of Congress not realizing they're Congress and can change things. Well, they are taking another shot at health care next enough. week. Sure. What, but uh, time's a charm? <laughs> Is that what we're on? Like, I mean, why not? What do they have to lose? I don't know, just, right? Is uh, it going to get worse? All you got to do is kill time to like Christmas break. <laughs> they get a whole year or nothing. Yeah. Oh. The, well, this latest plan basically dissolves all of the the parts of Obamacare, even some that Republicans have admitted to liking, like uh, the fact that uh, it covers pre-existing conditions, staying on your parents' insurance until you're what is it like twenty something, twenty three, something like that. Yeah. Is it 25 or 26 or something? Didn't you, didn't you have to be a student or something like that? Yeah, there are there are certain requirements. But regardless, all that stuff is going to be phased out. And what they're going to do with the money that they had, that they received from the states in taxes, be rich. is redistribute that to the states to have them uh, implement their own changes as they see fit. Which oh they're they're back to liking states' rights because it doesn't involve abortion or marijuana. Yeah, it's very convenient how that how much they they like states' rights mm -hmm. when they directly align with their their current policies. And I, I was going to say political beliefs, but I don't believe that any of this is a political belief outside of the concept of personal responsibility. That's the only true Republican core belief that this health care bill would represent. Everything else is just not Obama. It's anti-Obama legislation. It's it's ABO. Just whatever he liked, we're the complete opposite. Hey, by the way, Democrats, three months in 2018. Well, are we going to get our shit together soon or... Oh man! Just, just, I don't, I don't see it happening. Talk real here. The, the midterms are a year from now, basically. We're gonna. Well, what are we looking at now? I know we're gonna try to put together a cohesive message. Maybe get our shit together as a group, or we're just gonna. No, they're, the they're still doing maintain their seats. They're still doing damage control and trying to figure out how they lost so many elections. The first That's thing they need to do. First thing they need to do. Period. Is go, 
Okay, Hillary. Yeah, put a muzzle on her. You wrote your book. You've done your interviews. Now fuck off. Because I don't think there's ever been someone hanging around after twice pissing away their opportunity to fucking be president. She's turning into Wooderson. And crying about it as much as this. Hillary's becoming Wooderson, all right? I get older, and, they stay the same age. She's becoming that guy. <laughs> like, and whether, she's going to the high school football game. Oh, those liberal voters. Well, no, she's, she's like the, we don't, we don't know the guy that in his mid-twenties, he's still going to the high school yeah. football games on Friday. Hillary's becoming that guy. Well, seriously, I, maybe Nixon in, in, in 60 to, when was he elected? 68. But I mean, you know, Nixon lost to Kennedy in 60. And then Kennedy was assassinated. LBJ was president. I mean, he didn't. He didn't even have as long of a shelf life as this wine and bitch does about I lost. Look, whether you, whether you the Democrats like it or not, whether the far left wants to fucking oh this is this is all misogyny and toxic masculinity that's attacking her, she is a detriment to your fucking party. People don't like her. The more you allow this shit to be fucking paraded up and down in your name, the more people are going to go, fuck them. They still don't get it. If a person could have negative charisma, she's in that category. And this is your downside from, from the Russia stories, from election interference. The more that people are able to believe that that happened, they're able to believe that that is the reason. And that's not really provable. And I, I tend to believe that Trump may have won without Russia's help. Yeah, can I, can I like, I like to remind because everybody, this is the same country that elected Obama twice. Right. It's not like the citizenship turned over. So, but you're generally the same people mm-hmm. that voted in the same elections in 2008 and 2012. Well, here's well, part of the... The, the, the major mistake, like I said, the two major mistakes is Hillary and the left are not distan- distancing itself from the people who insist that every single person who voted for Trump or anyone who says, I hate Trump except for this one thing, they want to call them Nazis and racists and sexists and homophobes and, okay, and white supremacists. That's the buzzword z- of the month. Z- xenophobes and, and, and yeah, yeah, white supremacists. You're doing yourself no favors. And at a certain point, it's obvious there's going to be no left version of the Tea Party. They can't get their shit together. They're the most fucking hateful group of people I've seen since fundamentalist Christians got involved in politics. I, they are despicable. They fucking infight over everything. Nothing, no issue is too small for them to take a stand on and turn to the person that was just cheering right alongside of them in support of the same issue and attack them because they don't, they dare to have a different thought on that issue than the person who's doing the attacking. And it's, it's not, they're not going to win. They're not going to win with this. There's no clear fucking... Guys, who is who? Who is the heir apparent? Yes. I mean, it's not going to be Bernie. Bill Maher. It's not... <laughs> Hillary is clearly not going to run again. Uh, 
I know people hold out hopes for Joe Biden coming back. I wouldn't hold your breath. Hey, buddy. Remember me? Um, am I missing any term limits? Am I missing any known candidates that that could possibly be viable from the political from an, from an actual politician? Somebody has somebody no. hasn't run before. I don't. I don't think you are. I think the closest is uh, who is who was the lieutenant governor of California for a while. He's always on Bill Maher. Gavin Newsom, the guy with or, is that the one with the or no? Um, that's the the one with the slick hair. Yes. Yeah, the one who looks like uh, well, he looks like a Trump. He looks like a fucking American psycho. Jerry Brown. Did no. he already run for president? No, no, no. not Jerry Brown. He's I too old. I can't remember the guy's name. <laughs> right. I mean, I was just trying to eliminate anybody who we've known as a presidential candidate. I, I, I don't think there are any any currently known presidential candidates running. Polit- uh, Democratic politicians that have any chance. Yeah, that's him. What's his name? That's Gavin Newsom. That is Gavin and Newsom. I would not vote for that. I've heard, I've heard him be a retard on the Adam Carolla show too many times. Never cast a vote for this guy. But see, that's, here's the thing. There's a lot of people who don't give a fuck what he's got to say. Does he look the part? Does he look presidential? Does he have a full head of hair? Does he not wear glasses? Does he not have a beard? That's what they care about. Mm-hmm. And I... and. To be honest with you, I, it, it's pretty sad, but I think they, the Democrats would almost have a better shot of running fucking Oprah against Trump. Yeah. No, seriously. You know, a lot of – Bill Maher likes to talk a lot about how Democrats need to re, start adopting Republican uh, tactics in order to win. That Republicans fight dirty and Democrats need to fight dirty too. I don't think that's a completely unsound theory, but you do have to be really careful to pick and choose what tactics you're willing to use because what we're more likely than not going to see here is the collapse of all this Republican success that we've seen so far. No, it's it's like fucking uh, it's like the uh, the the slime in Ghostbusters two. It's ectoplasm. No, hate feeds it and it gets bigger. Uh, but the, the Republicans don't have uh, endless um, potential for growth. You know that. Really? Well, Your last November, you're going to make that statement. Yeah, because I think ultimately what we're going to find is regardless of what happens, regardless of what happens with Trump, if he sees out the rest of this presidency, if he's reelected, if he's impeached, he's going to be looked at as still a failure when it came to a Republican agenda. Yeah, but you're actually like thinking there's other things on that agenda other than winning. Have we had many conversations like? Isn't that really all anybody's agenda is anymore? What I'm, saying, what I'm saying is that the pendulum has swung hard to the right for a long time. And I believe that, that politics is like gravity, that you're going to have just as hard of a swing back the other way. So, and even if you don't, you don't need that big of a swing to gain some 
So to put some liberals in power in this country. So I think the, I think the thing is though is what's kind of maybe it's always been the, there. Maybe yeah. it's more there's there's an age divide that's shown that I that I think has become a lot more apparent recently, where it seems like the Democrats are the young people's party. I guess it's always kind of been, but yeah. it's the thing is the people with money with influence who have families and mortgages and shit tend to be older, tend to lean more to the right. Well, not to back it up, though, but I just wanted to clarify my point. The idea is that when the pendulum swings as hard to your side as possible, that's when you get the most shit done, right? That pendulum is there now, and nothing is getting done. Trump is their opportunity to put their agenda in play, in place, rather, and they haven't been able to. They're fighting amongst themselves and wrapped up in Russia controversy. So how could he be successful? The most, honestly, the best bet for the Republicans even is for Trump to leave office and for Pence to take over. I hope in 2020 we can all be mature enough to be like, can we just pretend? All right, last the, four years. The New York Times ran a story today about the idea of President Pence. And... It wasn't... And a first lady mother? It wasn't phrasing it as a, is this a case for keeping Trump because Pence would be worse? But, you know, is it, a, it is a thought experiment that they had, you know, and laying out what his presidency would look like. But that's not the question that we're faced with now, is it? It's not about maybe... It's better, we're better off with Trump because the next guy might be worse. That's kind of the type of thinking that gets us presidents like Trump in the first place. It's the idea of tackling every problem that's in front of you directly. You know, so you just take them one at a time. If, if Pence is as corrupt as Trump, well, then we, you know, go after him the same way. See, I trust... Oh. God, again, I, I don't think this is going to sound like coming out of my mouth, but I trust Trump, or I trust Pence less than Trump, because Trump loves him some Jeebus, or, or Pence loves him some Jeebus. You can trust Trump to be Trump. You don't know what's going on in Pence's head. No, I think Pence we know. Even, Pence won't even fucking have dinner with a, with a female he's not married to. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what did... I would say the opposite, Rich. I'd, I'd say that you can trust... I, would, I think that Pence's actions are way more predictable than Trump's. No, but... I guess I'm going to explain myself. What I'm saying is, Trump is unpredictable, but Trump is so fucking unhinged that he's gumming up the works. So you can trust that he's going to keep doing that. That's not going to change. He's not going to wake up one day, put the fucking phone down, stop tweeting at 3 in the morning while he's taking the shit, and start reaching across the aisle to try to get shit done. He doesn't play politics. That's, that's what I'm saying. You can count on what Trump to do. He, he has no idea how political power works. He thinks he's running a business. That's why there's been such high turnover since, in, in what, eight months he's been in office? Fine. Right. Well, you know, 
I don't think that there's anything different about politics and business. There's a lot of politics involved in business and, and just in human relationships as well. It's that he's in a different culture than the business culture and he hasn't adjusted himself appropriately. Yeah, but you, like, you see that guy saying they adjust to me. I'm the fucking president. Like, uh, like the rock and ballers, right? When he's in the locker room with the guys, he'll bullshit around and talk about pussy and whatever. And when he's in a meeting, well, no, sometimes he loses his shit in meetings. I saw last episode. Maybe it's a bad example, but there's nothing wrong with knowing your environment and how to conduct yourself in that environment appropriately. And when you don't do that, you don't get your business done. I mean, you, you, you don't have open communication with your peers. If you just don't, if you don't even know how to, it's, I think it's, uh, I know it sounds weird, but it's like a, it's a disrespect that you're, he is disrespecting the core of what politicians are doing and they don't even know where to start. Some of them have found ways to, you know, try and tweak him a little bit and think that they can guide him. I think it gets under a lot of these guys' skin that a carnival barker got into this position and it makes them realize that they're part that and maybe they don't like Or that maybe not that enough. I I mean, you see a lot of the Republicans that are running for, like, uh, Jeff Sessions' seat is the race now. That's the guy with the funny last name. Anyway, I mean, these guys are biting Trump's lines left and right. Are they making America great again? I I don't hear a lot of them actually adopt that slogan, but they definitely are are uh, using a lot of the same lines. Well, we found out this week that that possibly a, uh, a, a criminal charges against Paul Manafort might be sooner than we think. So for what? For his dealings with Russia. He was, um, well, the last piece of information that was leaked was that he was talking about how he could make his uh, his ties to the, the presidency in whatever role he was supposed to end up in. We assumed that he would be part of Trump's cabinet. And uh, he would use that to basically recoup some of his debts in other countries, including Russia. That he would... was... Uh, Kind of openly flaunting the idea that his political office would enrich himself. Right. Is it enough? Is it enough to make him flip on Trump? I don't know. But hey, Trump, already did. Remember he did his homework on pardons in the public eye. <laughs> Let's keep in mind. I mean. I'm, there's a whole story here now that they can lay out for you. And it's like Michael Jackson, you know? You heard your, the first time you heard a story about Michael Jackson, Dylan, some kid, you're like, come on, 
Yeah, and Richard Gere had a gerbil up his ass. You know, you hear shit all the time about famous people, and someone's probably, probably trying to fuck with them. You hear nine or ten stories about Michael Jackson diddling some kids, you're like, whoa, that guy diddled some kids. Yeah, for me, most recent example, Bill Cosby. So I'd say like under ten, I was still like, come on. So whatever. Paul Manafort is already synonymous with Russia because ninety nine percent of the country didn't know his name before all this shit. Came My victim forty eight. Ah, Bill, you're So it's quite easy for them to just show you, you know, business dealings and emails and all these things. And taken one by one might be innocuous, but all together lays out uh, a rather clear story. Now, what that means you can charge them with, you know, if it, it would have to elevate to something like treason, I would imagine, for him to consider turning on Trump. Because what is his life, well, what does your life hey, look like anyway? I mean, law and order. All he's got to do is make a deal. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about, turning on Trump, making a deal. And saying, hey, I was just directed by me. Trump Donald. wrote a book called The Art of the Deal. He would love the deal. Be like, Monty Hall, let's make a fucking deal. So who knows? Who knows? Trump's riding a, riding a wave right now. He's uh, After his competent <laughs> handling of those buckets in that guy's truck and his, uh, his kind words that he had to say to all the people that were enduring multiple hurricanes... His approval ratings are at a whopping 40%. So more of that. I think he's actually happy that there's going to be more hurricanes. What about the uh, uh, the kid mowing the lawn? Did that help? When, when Manafort turns on Trump, he's going to be like, can't we get a hurricane in this country? God damn it. But I can hear crickets coming from Rich. Oh, hold on, my bad. I, uh, like, am I that bad? <laughs> no, you're not that bad. I just have the window open because I was trying to get some air in here. Give me a second, I'll shut it. The Dreamweaver coming next. Hello, actual <laughs> audio of the inside of Rich's head. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I'm, I'm trumped the fuck out. Like, I, I hear you. I, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm like, I'm like. It's it's at this point, it's bitching about something that's not going to be fixed. It's 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 nitpicking, and I agree with all the nitpicking. But it's like Jesus fucking Christ, man! It's just it's it's exhausting. Everything, isn't everything, it? every everything that happens is somehow him and his supporters' faults, and him and his supporters are all evil, horrible people. Nobody could agree with Trump on anything, no matter how small, without being a horrible, evil person. And I'm just like, I'm so sick of right. this shit. Well, just it's, it's like the, the Nambia thing is a perfect example of that. Now, okay, so uh, Bush t- choked on a peanut one time, you know, and we all laughed. It was all funny. He didn't die. He was okay. And it was kind of funny that he would choke on a peanut. Seems like, just forget about the but, dexterity he showed ducking that shoe. But that's fine, you know. And, and Trump says Nambia, and I go, "Ha ha, what an idiot!" And that's funny. But do I need to read a story about that, right? 
And the Washington Post has a whole story about how Trump twice cited a fictitious African country of Nambia. Well, that's where we're at now. The fact that that... Uh... Which it should have been, and it would have been clearly read by everybody. You print a story about his speech to the UN, and where he, when he says Nambia, you put a citation there, or even just brackets right after it and say, we assume here that the, the president is mistakenly referring to the country of Namibia, because we know that's what he was talking about. What about Gambia? You could have meant what Gambia. about it? <laughs> that's country. I don't know. I guess you're right. It's in West Africa with a G. I mean, here's, here's, here's how it plays it's, to the average person. The average person doesn't give a fuck. Now, the people who hate Trump go, ha, 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 see, he's an idiot. This proves it. And people who support Trump go, oh, he misspoke. Who gives a shit? It's never happened before. It's the ridiculousness I mean, that it's the parsing sent like Kofifi. It's the parsing. It's just looking for him. It's looking for any mistake, pouncing on it, but and making it a well, big remember, deal out of it. Which is, remember when they asked is, Obama right after he had taken office about the fucking uh, the video music awards where uh, Kanye West hopped on stage, grabbed the mic from Taylor Swift, and was like, I'm going to let you finish, but, and then went on his rant. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't realize, they didn't tell him that the camera was still rolling. And he was like, that guy's a jackass. Oh, my God. All the people who hated him jumped all over him. How dare a president use that type of language? And all the people who supported him said, who gives a shit? Kanye West is a jackass. Oh, yeah. Didn't we know this from Jesus Walks? Right. <laughs> Remember when Obama was bad because he was the least presidential president that we've ever had? <laughs> Boy, those are the days, huh? Yeah, well, they, yeah, Republicans sure changed their tune on that one. All of a sudden, hey. you know, renegade is a good idea. Sometimes it's presidential to eat your turkey fried chicken. Or at least it seemed like a good idea at the time. Or the, uh, what was the, the other thing? Oh, the wiretap story. Right? So, remember Trump tweets that he was wiretapped by Obama. And everyone goes, we have no idea what you're talking about. And... Presidents can't call for any type of wiretapping of a private citizen or even a government employee. They can't. They cannot bring a, a wiretap request to a, a judge. And then we find out that the FBI. Uh, shoot, maybe it wasn't the FBI. I forget which organization was wiretapping Paul Manafort when he was uh, renting a room. In Trump Tower. And that came out, and everyone said, Trump was right. Well, not everyone. But all the Trump supporters were like, ha, you all laughed at him when he said Obama was wiretapping him. Well, here's the proof from the, from the FBI. Why are, we, why are we shocked that the FBI is listening to conversations? They shouldn't be. When we have lived with the Patriot Act for, what, 15 years now? Yeah. Why, why, how is this shocking to anyone who has... Who doesn't have fucking Alzheimer's and can remember 15 years ago? Because we have a national collective attention span of like a week. Like seriously, if you're listening to this podcast and this sh and, and, and this shocked you, what I want you to do is walk up to the nearest plant you can find and apologize to it for working so hard to create the oxygen that you're wasting. Because you're a fucking <laughs> idiot. All right. Sorry, plant. Waste of breath you're giving me. 
You're a fucking moron. Turn off our podcast and go listen to, like, fucking Fox News, whatever. You're stupid. Get the fuck out of here. How does anyone fucking think? They don't even need probable cause these days. Terrorism. That's all they got to fucking say and put down on a piece of paper. And boom, they know everybody's conversation. And we all let them do it. So don't act shocked. Can't say it like that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's the the fucking Hillary meme. Like I saw, I saw when Trump posted, he put, didn't post, he retweeted. Somebody posted a meme of him, a gif rather, of him hitting a golf ball, and it strikes Hillary in the back while she's walking onto a plane and knocks her over. It's a shot from her tripping, getting onto the airplane. And everyone's got to put their two cents in about how this is horrible and this is him promoting violence against women. All I say about those like, people is turning oh, around. Dude, like, when I saw it, I said, that's not even a good meme. And I think that's about as much as it needs to be said about it. Everything else is a given. Turn it around. If that's your guy, you don't have a big problem right. with that. You, yeah, Trump, there doesn't, was, there was, Trump doesn't like women. Where have you been? There's a, oh, yeah, I know, right? That, that's that's breaking news at this point. Yeah. There's a there was a meme of Obama p- picking up a snowball, and it was a cat, and it was it was a it was a four panel meme, and it was a picture of a cat in the snow, and then a picture of Obama picking up a snowball, and he said, "Go deep," and then a picture of the cat jumping out of the snow. Okay, and then the next picture was the, was the cat being hit in the face with a snowball. And it said, oh, shit. And people were like, oh, are you trying to say that a a black president is abusive to animals? Who the fuck reads that much into something like that? It's a stupid fucking meme, people. Stop it. This is why Pepe, milk, bacon, and doing the okay sign with your finger is now considered secret white nationalist fucking... Ways of communicating on the uh, without the verbal communication. This is racist now. What is this? What is the OK sign racist for? I I, ha- I have no idea. What? I found out the milk one. The milk one is because supposedly more people of color are lactose intolerant than white people. So now it's racist uh, to drink milk. Get the fuck out of my face with that stuff. Yeah. Whatever. I, I mean, I, I guess think, I, I guess think drinking means- milk is a white people thing and. Whatever, bro. I've I mean, lived. I've lived in the same house, in the same bedroom, in the same youth homes with black people. They like milk just as much as we do. But you know, this okay. is the this is the problem with the right. You know, the right likes to talk about liberals and their politics of uh, identity, their identity politics. And meanwhile, the Republicans are playing the the politics of pride. You've got to have pride in everything. You have to be proud of your country. You have to be proud of your heritage and every person that was involved in putting you on this earth and, you know, making sure that you had whatever freedoms you enjoyed hey, in America. Hey, and that book they love so much, Pride is One of the Seven Deadly Sins. Right. Just putting that out there. Right. I mean, these guys are proud of the fact that they're not lactose intolerant. That they still have the me- metabolisms of one-year-old kids? <laughs> Congratulations. I don't know what kind of genetic lottery you're trying to win here, but... Hey, newsflash, sometimes I, you don't get dealt the genetic cam. When I was little, I loved milk. My dad had to buy milk every other fucking day. I used to drink milk all the time. 
Yeah, mother, if I have a glass of milk, oh my god, yep. my stomach will be upset for three days. Yeah, I can't I do that anymore. I, I highly doubt anyone put that much thought into it. It was just a 4chan thing to take pictures of white people drinking milk, wave it around, and go, let's see if we can get these fucking idiots to take the bait and say that this is racist. And what about and bacon? What, they, what? They did. What have you done with bacon? That's what I'm talking about. I know it, it's, it's yeah, just some stupid shit that 4chan posted. It's the... I'm outraged at the idea that people, like, see this shit and are proud. I don't get that. I always think of, uh... What was it? Was it Fing Rames? That was that's pride fucking with you. Yeah, <laughs> you feel that? Feel that sting? And Rich, what have what have they done to bacon? It's, bacon, I, I I don't know. I had to check out once I heard about the uh, who the milk who the Nazis. Thing. No, apparently like, bacon is you're racist now if you like bacon. Yeah, someone bacon someone is posted, delicious. Someone posted a, a, a all points bulletin that milk. Bacon and someone doing the okay sign with their fingers is now secret nonverbal aggressions towards people of color, transgender, gay, basically anyone who isn't white, straight, and male. Um, okay, so hold on, I'm writing this down. We gotta keep the list like, going so we can not be racist. And I'm like, how the Add it fuck? to not display cotton in your home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, or sell it at stores. Now, here's what I did. I went and the minute I saw the OK sign is somehow racist. I went and dug up a picture of Eddie Murphy from Beverly Hills Cop One, where he does the OK sign to the guys from across the bar. And I was like, I posted the picture and I said, I always had my suspicions. Now I know. I think where it started is that uh, a white guy gave the OK sign to a black guy. The black guy looked at it and then the white guy punched him. And then the black guy didn't know why, and they assumed that the guy was racist. Somehow, I have heard. But really, this. he did. He looked at the hole, man. I mean, that, that's the rules, right? It's. Can you it's back not. me up on this. <laughs> that's the rules. They look at the hole. You get to punch them. It's got to be below your shoulders, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I, this is the best way I've heard the OK symbol explained, and it's not a very good way. It's just some idiot coming up with some shit. Apparently, when you make the circle with your finger and you have the three fingers in the air, uh -huh. three fingers in the air represent white. And then if you turn your hand upside down, it represents that circle and, the, and your middle finger become a P, white power. In other words, in other words, the whitest white people in the world are throwing gang signs better than Crips in the Bloods, okay? No, I like, think this is when it. white people start crip walking, being like, "What up, cuz? What up, cuz?" and stacking and shit, then I'll fucking believe it. Until then, fuck off with your nonsense. Oh, yeah, they they don't get it. That's not how you do gang signs. <laughs> you can't take an already uh, a hand signal that already exists and just do that and say it's white power. It's also supposed to identify yeah. you as a supporter of Trump. <laughs> really? Oh, there's a whole bunch of shit. Uh, Knowyourream.com. I gave a a guy let me into traffic on the way here, and I gave him a thumbs up. I'm just oh, wondering if you gave him the okay, you'd get shot. I'm just wondering if I'm all right. 
I mean, I'm not going to give well, any hand signals. They'll oh, assume that I'm insulting. I do this sometimes. They'll people going to think I'm racist? If I give any hand signals, people will assume I'm in a white gang. I do this at work sometimes. Oh, you do that? Okay. Well, I work with a majority of white people. So I'm but still, That's no excuse. I know, but people don't think I'm that guy now. What the? Come on, can't go. All right, hey. No, well, you can't. You're the guy in the office that goes, hey. No. Oh God. I mean, I got a shaved head. I'm gonna be doing this. Oh. Two strikes. Should I just carry around a picture of my black friend in my wallet? <laughs> no, you need to carry around a, a proof that you're 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 Lebanese and be like, ha. Fuck you. So get my... No more bacon. Get my 23 and me done. Go, look, not white. All you got to do is blame it on, on systemic racism from the white supremacist system. You can't help that you're white passing Lebanese. So you just... Guess what, Chris? You just got bumped up on the oppression totem pole. Yeah. Congratulations. Your check is in the mail. Do I start getting a check? That's all I really care about. I'll go the Native American I, route. <laughs> I'll get a monthly check. No, 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 I don't give a shit. I, it's just, I mean, look, it, 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 I think we can all agree it's gotten fucking, it's gotten beyond silly. This is ridiculous. The people who are, are who just blindly support Trump, they're, they're lost causes. The people who just hate on Trump no matter what he does, they're lost causes. And, and people in the middle are just going, Jesus Christ, can we just survive these the, 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 these next, like, three years and some odd months? Can we get through it without having missiles lobbed at us or us lobbing missiles at anybody else? Can he not run his fucking cock holster to the point where we get countries ready to go to war with us? I mean, because it's... it's, it's and it, All North Korea is a dick-waving contest. And eventually, someone's going to run out of dick. <laughs> you just changed the episode. <laughs> so what's going to happen? I don't trust either of these motherfuckers. I, I'll tell you this. I think I think uh, little Kimmy over there, he would he would be able to launch his shit well before we we would launch ours. I would really hope this would happen. And if the, hey, if the NSA is listening, come get me. I guess. But if Trump goes launch. I would hope that every Secret Service person in that room would pull out their pistol and go, you want to, you want to say it again? Because I, I don't think I heard you right. That's and what if he fucking did. sticks by it, we no longer have to worry about President Trump. It's President Pence. That's when he gets to meet the aliens. He'll find that's out. When don't even, that's when they don't even bother putting someone on the grassy knoll. They just take his, <laughs> his ass out themselves. Hey, get, get, get in the car. We're going to Dallas. I mean, that's when President Pence walks out and goes, I'm your new president. Sorry, say that again. What he said while he was campaigning, it's true. He could walk out in the middle of Fifth Street, pull a gun, blow someone's head off, and still keep half his supporters. Why? Because he's not Obama. Isn't that pretty much what grabbed by the pussy was? Proved how bulletproof that he was? There's audio of us on this show going, well, that's it. He's done. And... We were we weren't in the minority and thinking that either. Pretty much everyone was like, "Oh, oh yeah, did for that guy." Yeah, and I cannot believe how many hardcore, born again, evangelical, please Lord, let the world end so I can sit at your feet for eternity because that's my idea of heaven. Smelling Jesus's rotten ass two thousand year old feet with a festering fucking wound in them, just fucking gave him a pass on that because it would never 
happen for any other politician. I, I can't see it. If John McCain would have said that they'd have come down on him, God, if any Democrat would have said that they'd have come down on him, that's just a given. We don't even need to name those people. It fucking, I mean. So is it the, is the idea that nobody could imagine Obama saying anything like that that made it appealing to hear a presidential candidate speak that way? I have to. I have to say, when what was what was Obama's first book? Was it Dreams of My Father or whatever? I believe so. Then he had the audacity of hope or something like that. Well, yes. he did a, the audio book. He was talking about some situation where he was in a McDonald's with one of his boys, and they were like, "Buy me some fries," and he was like, "You ain't my bitch, nigga. Buy your own fries." And they isolated that drop. And I just thought it was hilarious that we had a president that had said those exact words at some point. Oh, I have to find that now. I mean, I was just like, that's great. That, you know, that's some real shit, cheap mother. Because we all got that friend that we take, you can't take them anywhere because they're always broke. <laughs> always trying to, come on, man, let me get one nugget. Hey, what are you, Chris Rock? This I don't, I'm going to get you, sucker. I don't remember this shit. This, was he president when this happened? No, no, no. He was talking about his younger days in Chicago. Right. He, oh, okay. He was, he was reading his audio book, and I don't remember oh, the exact situation, you. but... Oh, I misunderstood. Yeah. Okay, I got oh, we, we, we have the footage. Here you go. Hey, my bitch, nigga. Buy your own damn fries. <laughs> <laughs> that guy ain't <laughs> Sorry, that motherfucker got nothing on me. No, that's from Key and Peele. The white know. folks. And then they're ignorant motherfuckers like you. Oh, my God. I'm carving all that up. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that was... Oh, one more time. Hey, my bitch, nigga. Buy your own damn fries. Now, you know that guy ain't shit. Sorry, ass motherfucker got nothing on me, right? Nothing. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you. What? <laughs> <laughs> what does being white have to do with it? You notice how... You notice how... Uh, you notice how uh, he sounds a little, a little blacker than he did in his president in there? In the speech? He still sounds like he still sounds like Dave Chappelle doing uh uh he's uh what's his face uh, uh oh fuck Tiger Woods for shizzle yeah I always wanted to no, say that George Carlin <laughs> talked about it. I think it was on Class Clown or one of his early things like yeah take a bunch of white guys and hang out with a bunch of brothers all of a sudden I was like shit man what's up hey what's happening he's like but you never see it in reverse. Can't take a black guy. Put him with a bunch of white guys. Oh, hey, we won the big, we won the big game today, fellas. <laughs> I don't know. I have, I have a true. black friend who says, I have a black friend who says every black American is bilingual. They speak how they normally speak, and then they speak job interview. Yeah, oh, yeah see, the, the, the comedian that I saw that said it was, it was your phone voice for talking to bill collectors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Let me check to see if he's in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm reminded of the first episode of the fucking Boondocks when they, when they finally moved, the kids moved to the suburbs. They're like, have you noticed that white people say the whole word like this? Oh, shit. I've had, uh... motherfucker got nothing on me, right? <laughs> there are white folks, and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you. I've had black customers when I worked at Guitar Center ask me if I, multiple ones, more than one, asked me if I was from England originally. I say, I don't 
No, I think Scotland actually. Why? <laughs> oh, you just sound like you have an accent. <laughs> That's called diction. (laughs) Yes, I was trained to Juilliard in the Shakespearean language. Yes, I went to the finest sales schools to teach you to tell me how to sell you this instrument. I have better enunciation than Sir John Gilgood. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's also the training centers in Oxford. But if, you, if you've ever worked a retail job, then you understand that there's a different ways to talk to people and are certainly appro- appropriate and inappropriate words to you. But I, I talk to everybody and say, hey, how you doing? What can we get for you today? I had, a, I had a guy come in two weeks ago, and he was asking about one of our products, and he's like, so uh, what's, what is, what's it like? I'm like, it's like a spicy barbecue. He goes, so it's hot? He's a black dude, and I looked at him, I'm like, man, this white person hot. And he goes, oh, so it's not really hot at all? I'm like, bro. He's like, all right, then. I'm good on that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the truth, man. It's like. It's whitey hot. It's it's like soccer mom hot. Ooh, my my tongue's tingling. This is too warm. It's too warm, you know. And. I wasn't trying to be like racist about it, but he knew exactly what I meant. No, that he, was the funny part. He wants you. He's like me. You want shit to make you sweat while you're eating. God damn. Oh, yeah. yeah, when I go to a Thai place, I ask him to make it as hot as the chef takes it. Yeah, not whatever you put on your menu for your your usual. Are you sure, Guaylo? <laughs> Round I say you want it like you. <laughs> His funeral. Yeah. I, 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 if, if somebody's asking me, hey, are you okay? That's how hot I want it. <laughs> I don't think there's a limit anymore. No, I answer, oh, no, I'm good. Wiping off my head with like four napkins. I think no, I've, dude. I've destroyed my taste buds. <laughs> when, when, when I started seeing warnings for people with heart conditions on hot sauce bottles. And I was like, whatever, that's a marketing ploy. My buddy was like, no, that's legit. Like, seriously, it's legit. Look it up. And so I did and was like, you got to be shitting me. They're making shit so hot. If you have a heart condition, it could probably cause cardiac arrest. We have gone way too far. Yeah. We have gone too far. There's no way that's enjoyable. I'm sorry. That's like it's a scene right out of Don't Be a Madness where they're hitting a joint and a dude dies and he's like, "Yo, he's dead. You'll pass that shit." Yeah, I don't want that. (laughs) He just died. I don't want that shit. That's ridiculous. I mean, well, I we do live in a world where I'm waiting for pumpkin spice like Bud Light or something. So who the fuck knows, man? We now there's tons of pumpkin beer or. You don't know where to look. Wait for pumpkin spice lube. I don't know. Gotta be jumping the shark. I don't know why anyone ever ate a pumpkin for its flavor or anything. I mean, man, what a pumpkin pie is good. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't. It think is, so. but a pumpkin doesn't come with cinnamon and nutmeg in it. How did somebody look at that and go, "Let's eat it"? Yeah, I don't know. Pumpkin pie is good, I- but you gotta add shit to it. You sound like my buddy Corey talking about pussy. He's like, how did you look at that and figure, ah, that's something that I want to eat? I'm like, well, first of all, it helps to not be gay, Corey. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's the first big step you got to get over. <laughs> I don't know, man. 
Sweet potato pie is good too. People say, oh, it's yeah, not really bad. down with it. See, this is this is what I'm saying. See, I don't I'm like, like. I'm not a sweet potato person. I think the I think the sweet potato fry is unnecessary. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not I'm, sweet potato fries. Fuck that. A sweet potato pie is a different story. Sweet potato on yeah, and Thanksgiving, I walk right past the sweet potatoes or the yams. Either way, you can call it whatever you want. I still ain't eating it. Yeah, yams, I'm good on. But anyway, what we're talking about? <laughs> milk and bacon and being racist or something like that. Well, yeah, now we're talking about Thanksgiving food, so we're you know we're oppressing the first first no, nations. No, we're appropriating culture too with sweet potato pie. You know, things of that nature. What, Southern culture? Because that's what my whole family fucking makes. Yes. Okay, well. By the way, okay, did we get into this last week? I don't remember. The whole Hobby Lobby with the fucking cotton thing. No, I think we that happened. Chat. I, that happened since last week, yeah. Yes, it did. That's, okay, because you know, I remember honestly, talking, going back and forth a little bit with you guys. I can remember if it was on the show or in the, in the group chat. I mean, that's a hammer looking for a nail, isn't it? With that... Thing. Right. The right. the woman that was offended by the fact that Hobby Lobby had decorative branches with cotton glued onto them and that the presence of cotton was a reminder of her ancestor's slavery and that was offensive. Right. Look, if it I can't argue with what it reminded her of. I can't argue whether she feels oppressed or not. There's just the idea that we have to have reasonable guidelines for these types of things. Yes. Not individual. If we let everybody's personal things, their little, uh, their uh, pet peeves, the things that triggered them, to dictate laws, we wouldn't have any freedoms at all. Yeah, I mean, if you if, if you use the the the, I mean, the loosely, I mean, I'm using this word liberally with this woman here, logic. Uh, with her, if you applied that to, say, the Native Americans, they could go out and look at that flag and go, that flag reminds me of how a bunch of people came over here on a boat and killed all my ancestors. That is offensive to me. I think you should take that down everywhere that it's hanging. I mean, that's... Yeah. Okay, we're back to an argument that seems to come up a lot on this show lately. To what end? Well, why not express your own freedom of just not shopping at Hobby Lobby? Yes. As if you didn't already have reasons to not shop at Hobby Lobby. The fact, I, is there no one else in town that provides these doodads and Well, isn't the fact shit? that you're at Hobby Lobby says you're doing okay? Means you got extra money? Uh, Hobby Lobby's definitely not a store that sells the staples in life. What is her, what does that have to do with it though? Like her, I mean, if she's she's so oppressed, she's doing okay if she's shopping at Hobby Lobby. What is it expensive to shop at? I don't no, know. It's just, no, it's superfluous. If you're shopping at Hobby Lobby, it means you got extra money. You're not worrying about paying your bills, eating like that's no. <laughs> that's, tell me a staple. Tell me an uh, essential that Hobby Lobby sells. It doesn't, but there's plenty of businesses that don't sell staples that manage to weather all types of economies. I could I, I could make a case there. You have more of a need to shop at Best Buy than you do at Hobby Lobby. Okay, but why do beer sales go up when everyone loses their job? That's not an essential. Shouldn't they be buying food or saving? They're people. They have their shit. Yes, but you can get the beer at a place that sells the staples in life. But, That's what I'm saying. 
Hop, you you can go Everything any other number of places. superfluous to life. It's not it's not essentials. I guess it's what your definition what do you of need life pipe is. Pipe cleaners for. I mean, I could say that of a music store or yes, shit, even a, even a bookstore. Awesome. But those are some things that I they they have things that I find essential to a happy life. Right. So I I don't follow you on that because it. We shouldn't have to argue her perspective or, or how she feels about this or anything. You know, it's not about whether she was personally offended. Obviously, she was. She was offended enough to ask for it to be removed, to post it on Facebook, to try and publicly shame a company that we know doesn't have any shame already. And, and certainly. But why is that a call to action for others? Why is your offense? I hear you there. Because we've we've weaponized words. We've weaponized the words, I'm offended, along with the words we've weaponized to where we equate them with violence. And we equate I'm offended with Mm -hmm. I've just been assaulted. I've just been raped. I've just been beat. I've just been whatever the fuck. And it's just the mindset of, 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 of certain people. And... It, you can't get them out of it. They just they they they're going to feel that way no matter what. That's why when people go, I'm offended. I don't care. All right, this that's was, not my problem. That's your problem. This is part of some fucking therapy. This is part of the problem of of identity politics. And then the right responds with pride politics. By I'm sure we're gonna find people that are proudly now going to Hobby Lobby buying these cotton arrangements displaying them in their home and being proud of their heritage. It's a, it's a petty off. It's who can be more petty. Right. And, and we're excelling at doing that. Certain people in this country love the game and they excel at it. Yeah. And there's just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a zero sum game. There's no winner here. It's all nonsense to me. There's, there's no point in it besides, to, for the people who you think are impressed by you being, by your level of pettiness, you turning and looking at them and going, did you see what I did to that person? And then you get the Facebook likes and the laugh faces on Facebook and the retweets and it validates their opinion. Just think about it. Look at all these opinions that have come out that are just absolute bullshit nonsense in the last 10, 15 years to where people had these opinions before. They just didn't have the, the, the means at that, at that point in time to as easily find people who were just as fucked in the head as them who were going to agree with them and egg them on. And now you can just find those people. And you just band up together. And, hey, it's like playing a show. If you play for 100 people and 10 of them start booing, it sounds like half the crowd. doesn't matter that 90% of the crowd is clapping. You, you hear the boos. It's... What, that's the situation we're in now. We're here. Bitch, I don't care if you're offended. I don't really give a fuck. What does that, how does that affect anybody but you? It doesn't. It's like getting angry. It's the first thing they teach you in any anger management class. It's fine to get angry. It's how you react to that anger that's the problem. If you get, if you allow yourself to get so angry and so enraged that you start putting holes in walls, 
threatening other people, attacking other people, then you have the problem. It's not their fault. It's your fault. But that's another thing that's become a weaponized word, personal responsibility. Because everybody everybody on a long enough timeline has got something wrong with them. And that's an excuse to behave the way they, they want to behave. And it's just, shut the fuck up. Here, have a big dose of reality. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm, I'm to the point where anytime I hear some fucking white person whose family makes in one year more than I fucking claim on my taxes in half a decade... Sitting in their fucking air-conditioned home on their goddamn iPhone 25 or whatever the fuck it is and talk about how I need to do this and I need to do that. I just go, fuck you, dude. Who the fuck are you? You're nobody. Shut the fuck up. It's just, it's this whole, okay, perfect example of the whole fucking, Chris, you brought it up. Someone, you know, okay, so the Native American looks at a flag and says, that reminds me of this. Reminds you that your land was stolen from you. Hmm. Yeah. Well, guess what? I'm tired of lying. It wasn't stolen from you. You're conquered people. Get the fuck over it. Happens all the time in history. It's happening right now as we're talking in parts of the world that they don't talk about on the news. Where's all the outrage for that? Selective outrage. There's winners and there's losers. And human nature, despite all the good we want to look for it, in human nature for and how much we wish for peace and love, that's not ever going to happen. It's not. This ain't Watchmen. This ain't Watchmen. This ain't fucking Game of Thrones. There's no White Walkers. There's no fucking superheroes to fake a fucking alien invasion so we all get on the same page and stop trying to kill each other and we all got a common enemy. Because even if we did have a common enemy, the minute we killed them, we'd go back to trying to kill each other. So shut the fuck up. You are what you are. Be honest about it. You're pissed. Why? Oh, I saw I saw something with cotton. It reminded me of my ancestors. Can you name those ancestors? Can you take me to where they picked the cotton? Or is this just some bullshit that's been shoved in your head because your parents watched Roots some point in the 70s and told you this shit? Most people don't even know when the fuck their ancestors came over to this country, let alone what the fuck they were doing when they got here. We just need a, a big reality check. And part of a reality check is don't care if you're offended. Don't care if you've you got five people to agree with you online. That doesn't make a movement. Sit down, shut up. Let the adults fucking talk. We're trying to get shit done here. Dude, that reality check was last November for that crowd. Well, you know, to be fair, I think this was a bridge too far for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There were plenty of liberals that were telling her that just shut up. <laughs> this, this is not the issue. If you knew anything, this this offends you because it reminds you of your ancestors. Well, if you knew anything about your ancestors, you know this is the least of your problems. And on top of that, you want some more honesty? There's a lot of white people sharecropping 100 years ago, too. But it, indentured servants. It, 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 they just called them indentured servants when the Irish did it. Okay. They prettied up the word. Wasn't it Gavin Newsom that we were talking about earlier that said it's that he was... That white privilege. That said he was proud of of uh, of working small to big. Yeah, and that's dumb. Right, which is how a lot of uh, a lot of liberals are tackling most issues. They like we were talking about earlier. They're tackling the issues that directly affect them, their personal pet cause, and yeah, that's not how you you solve anything. Well, I mean, just it's, look at it. I'll, I'll break it down to something as menial as doing the dishes. Yesterday, I had a limited amount of dish soap, yep. and I wanted to get the dishes done. 
I started with the things I had the most of. So that way, if I ran out of soap halfway to two-thirds of the way through all of the dishes, most of the dishes would be done. If you work the way Gavin Newsom rolls, you're only going to get a few things clean when you run out of soap, so to speak. Mm-hmm. If you start with this, you know, if you go with the, amount, the items you well, have the least amount of first. Well, it's also like saying that you're going to just attack the symptoms of a problem and not the disease that caused it in the first place. You know, if somebody's suffering from some sort of uh, autoimmune disease, right, you get all kinds of shit. The doctors spend all their time making, trying to make sure that uh, you have antibiotics for uh, to keep you from getting pneumonia or something like that and chasing down, you know, skin rashes and shit like that and never address what is causing all these multiple problems. Then your patient's going to die. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess that's kind of the, the, the thing I was screaming about when Trump first got elected is, and, and, and even now, I still wonder, but if you wonder it now, you just get shouted down. People won't hear it. Is, you know, put the example, something like Charlottesville. You know, how all of a sudden it seems like there's, and, and we know why, but I'm just going along with the narrative. It seems like there's more KKK and more white supremacists, more sympathizers with that cause than there used to be. Right. Why do these, the question she's asking is why do these, feel, it, and it always comes up that these people now feel empowered to, to come out and stand up. Why? How come we're not asking that question? Why do these people all of a sudden feel that way? Why are they empowered? Why do they feel empowered? Why do they feel now it's okay to come up? Because before they're in the dark corners of society, meeting in fucking, you know, Elks Halls every fucking Tuesday. You know, nobody knowing about them. And now there seems to be this... I don't get it. Are you saying that that it's not because of the president? I'm saying we're we're asking... We're we're not treating the disease. We're treating the symptoms. We're, We're... we're not asking the question why all of a sudden there's this proliferation of these people. Why Donald Trump got elected? We're not asking well, these questions. Well, right. We want to keep Milo Yiannopoulos from speaking somewhere because he's too dangerous. Whereas if you're actually interested in taking on people like Milo Yiannopoulos uh, head on, you have to know their platform. Like, why would you should want you should want to go and watch this guy speak, so you know for sure what it is that you're against. Like, we're not asking why does this guy all of a sudden feel the need? Why does this guy feel like it's okay that he can act like this? Why does he have all these sympathizers? Why is because he getting he feels, famous? I think because there's public support for it. Why? That's what I'm saying. It all comes back to that. We're because not getting deep. We're not, ask, we're not asking no, the I questions think, we should I think be asking. Are. I think the answer is because there's more people in this country that are racist than we thought. Why did we go from eight years of black president to, you know what we got now? How did that, why did that pendulum swing so quickly so far? I mean, I think it is as simple as racism. So what? We, were, a, we weren't racist? From 2008 to 2012, now all of a sudden we're super racist? No, in the same way that electing a black president didn't make any, make America any less racist. The through line through there is that the core of America has not changed. There's been groups of people that have mobilized in order to 
get people in power that represent their views, whether you agree with Obama or whether you agree with Trump. So it's not about really what, as a whole, each candidate has as, as a platform. It's, a, it's simply about which one has the personality to actually get people off of their asses. But, yeah, the through line is that we're no more or less racist than we were 10 years ago. We were racist. There's plenty of people in this country that were racist, and we managed to get a black president. And there's just as many people now, and we have a racist president. So, yeah, I mean, I, the only the only variable is your, your cult of personality. Look, I agree race is a large issue in this, but I also think that we turn a blind eye towards the fact that we... You, <laughs> We've become a society that goes. It, we it's not good enough just to go. Hey, look, you know, I have the. I, I'm this. I'm. Let's just say I'm transgendered. These are the. These are the obstacles I face on a day to day basis. I'm trying to explain to you what I go through. That way, maybe you can have some empathy and compassion for me. We're beyond that point. We're now to the point where it's I'm transgendered, and I feel oppressed. And it's your fault. And the people that are sitting there going, first of all, I don't even know you. Second of all, I don't know any transgendered people to oppress on a personal level. Fuck you. And it's the, it's it's human nature to push back when. What's the quickest way to piss someone off who's not pissed off? Dude, you got to calm down. You're super pissed off right now. No, I'm not. Oh, dude, you can deny it all you want. That's just you're super pissed right now. You're getting me pissed. If you keep this up, you you want piss. Piss will be here. See, dude, you're angry, man. It's a fucking child's game, but it's a game that we're playing. And you expect fucking to lay blame at the feet of everybody who who is the boogeyman these days. We straight males, evil, 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 and you don't expect a, a portion of that group to stand up and go fuck you, and a portion of that group who does stand up and says fuck you. Of course you're going to fucking... Sorry, I got a Star Wars analogy in my head. Fall to the dark side, however you want to look at it. What the fuck do you think is going to happen? You can't paint people in an adversarial light and expect them to act like your friend. You can't attack people constantly and expect them to keep taking it. I mean, it's it, it, it goes both ways. We're all old enough to remember when the religious right was like how, how the regressive left is now. And it was the left that was standing up for free speech. It was the left that was standing up for human rights. It was the left doing all this shit. The pendulum fucking swung far over to the other side. Now if you say free speech, you're somehow associated with, with, with white supremacy. How did free speech become associated with white supremacy? I mean, it's a document written by slave owners. That's how they connected that there. Well, it's also a term that's just been slapped onto everything. It's free speech is almost as meaningless as being called a racist or a troll or anything. It's just it's lost its meaning completely. It, I, have, I have, I have, my brother said something to me that. that it runs so true with me. Super ultra-liberal compared to, to any of us on this podcast, all right? But he said it's goddamn hard to sit there and try to con and, 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 and to keep being an ally to people who are telling me to sit down and shut up that my opinion isn't valid all the time. It gets old quickly. Right. 
And that's 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 what that's what people aren't getting. We're not asking to believe it or not. The only people I ever hear say I have to speak for other people are the are the white people on the left who say they have to speak for the oppressed people who can't be heard. Oh, how Caucasian of you. You're gonna help them poor minorities? How fucking racist, racist is that to assume that they need their, your help and they need you to speak for them? I'm sorry. If I want to ask someone their opinion, I don't talk to their representative. I talk to them, especially their self-appointed representative. I mean, it, it's as simple as this shit. It's not hard to figure out. And there's pushback to this type of nonsense. And, yeah, it's gone too far. A lot of it. A lot, a lot of it, a lot more than most people are willing to admit, is 4chan fucking with people type trolling. A lot of these fucking Nazi memes and Pepe the Frog and the milk shit that we talked about earlier, it's it's fucking with people who don't know they're being fucked with. But then there's people who this shit is real to. And they're fucked in the head. We all know that. But you don't get brownie points for calling them out on it. Not unless you're going to turn around and look at the people behind you and go, and they're fucked in the head just as well. Because these aren't people who want solutions. They want to fight. They want someone to blame for their their, their situation in life. And no matter your feelings about how silly it is for a white person to blame a person of color for their situation in life. Yeah, if you come from a fucking affluent, white, middle, upper middle class family, that is insane to think about. If you come from dirt poor, take a shit outside, wipe your ass with a corn cob, white trash, and you got some rich fucking black person on TV at some award show telling you that you got more privilege than they'll ever have, and, and et cetera, et cetera, yeah, that shit gets old quickly. And what's going to happen to those people? What are they going to do? They're going to do the same thing the fucking people do whenever they fucking get tired of shit. Fuck it, fine. You want asshole? Asshole's here now. I mean, there was that, 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 that march to end all marches, whatever the fuck. You know, and... Which one? Had, the, uh... Not the Juggalo one, the fucking Trump one. Right. Okay, and they had a fucking stage, and they had a sound system, and here come Black Lives Matter, anti-pro- anti-protesters. And the guy on stage at the Trump rally said, hold on, Black Lives Matter, come on stage. And he goes, despite what you hear in the media, we're not anti-free speech. Here's the mic. I'll give you X amount of minutes to express yourself to this crowd. They're, they might not agree with everything you say, but you have the right to say it. Now, why isn't that on the fucking news? Why is that? Why did that happen? And the whole thing was caught on videotape, and I've seen one person share it on, on social media. Why isn't that being reported in Huffington Post? On Jezebel.com, on Fox News, on Breitbart. Doesn't fit their talking points. It doesn't fit the fucking hey, pick a side. It doesn't also, pick the it doesn't pick the you be angry at somebody else. Wait. The narrative though well let's be clear about this narrative. The greater narrative is what stories sell. And the stories that sell, whether it's for people paying in subscription or the advertising dollars that they get, is all based on the stories that people want to read. So I'm not saying that the press is blameless, because that's not the press's job. They do have a job, and it's finding out informations that informations, <laughs> finding out yeah. finding out information that your average citizen doesn't have the power to find out on their own. That's ultimately what their job is. 
but they followed the the money route instead and let the people dictate what information they want to hear. So in the same way that if you're you're not going to convince somebody who's already bigoted by telling them how bigoted they are because they're bigoted. They're not going to. And they. Well, has the press gotten that memo? I mean, I've the same news. Way, but did you watch Emmys? But it, it's not. That's not the sole example in this country. Everybody's got their own little group of people that they get their information from, that they all share the same stories on, that all fit their individual narratives. And individual news organizations are finding a way to market directly to them with their selection of stories. So why wasn't the story about Black Lives Matters representatives being given equal to, well, not equal time, but being given time on stage to view their opinions because nobody wants to read it. That's the bigger problem. That, yes, the press is culpable. They're not supposed to, print, not supposed to know what side they're print on. the stories that just because you know that people want to read them. You have to print, print the stories that you think are important as a journalist that people should be reading. That's why I started off what I said with, why is it only one person I've seen on social media share that? Right. If that was if that was a fucking brawl between those two groups, almost everybody would have shared it. Everybody would have jumped to pick a side. There'd have been the apologists on both sides. And it's it's like okay, I you guys know who W. Kamal Bell is? Yes. Okay. He was on Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan kinda of took him a task because he's from the Bay Area and apparently he he runs in the same circles as a lot of the Antifa people. And he kind of took him to task on it and was like, look, how can you sit here and justify destruction of private property, violence that's not in self-defense, being, you know, violent acts being committed against peaceful protesters who have the right to be there. And it was amazing to watch someone on the left make the exact same excuses for their fucking heroes that these fucking people on the right do every time a cop kills somebody. And it was the exact same fucking excuses. Well, you never see, you, you only see what the, the media wants you to see. You don't see the, the whole video. You know, you just see Antifa attacking someone. You just see Antifa kicking out a window at, at Bank of America. You don't see what happened before then. Really? Did, did the building get up and transform into a Michael Bay transformer and kick a couple Antifa people? Because that's the only reason to attack a fucking building, a non-sentient thing. The building talk about your mama? Exactly. I mean, it's... It, it's it's human nature, and I get that. My thing is, then just fucking embrace what the fuck you are. Understand that you don't care about wanting fucking to move forward. It's not about that for you. It's never going to be enough. If if the white supremacists had their way, and this was an all-white country, it would never be enough. They'd find someone else to fucking marginalize and try to run off out of this fucking country. If the left had it way had its way, and there's no more genders, and and we we all use fucking government approved pronouns, they would find something else to get pissed off about, and it, 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 most likely they would find people within their own ranks, both sides, to start attacking because it's human nature. These are people who do not have a war to fight, who do not have a struggle in life, so they invent shit to do this about. Guys, I don't give a fuck about your pronouns. 
What the fuck does that matter in the grand scheme of things? If you come to me and ask me to use this pronoun in a respectful way, I will respectfully respect your wishes. If you get in my face, start screaming at me, fuck you, asshole. Now you're just an asshole. There's your pronoun. Asshole. That's what I'm going to use to describe you because that's what you want. Right? I mean, this is all bullshit. And it's, it's, we perpetrate it. You're right, Aaron. We do. The media just takes its cues from us. You teach them how to treat us. Fairness doctrine has been, is long gone and dead in this country, in the media. We don't even try to act like we don't have biased media in this country anymore. We just accept it. So, I mean, next time, next time you're sitting there and you're talking to someone and they're, oh, this and this and this, and they're some hard left or hard right person, call them on their bullshit. You don't give a fuck. Look, I do it at work all the time. We, got people, we, we all know the people at work who work harder than everybody else just so they can say, I work the hardest here. Well, that's great. But don't act like that pisses you off because you love it. You love that. I told a coworker, I'm like, I'm surprised you can walk in past anything shaped like a cross without trying to hop up on it, Jesus. Mm. We all know. Start calling people on their bullshit. Smack them in the face with reality. Because it's the only way we're, we're going to fucking get, even begin to pull ourselves out of this tailspin. Uh, reality. What is there, a hundred? Man, I'll even up my number. I'll say there's half a million fucking Nazis and white, and, and truly white supremacist people in this country. Half a million. What the fuck are they going to do? Invade Rhode Island? The fuck? What are you going to do? Half a million people? That's a fucking joke. That's five, that's five Saturdays at the big house in Ann Arbor. That ain't shit. And if, I mean, Nothing in compared to the rest of the population. I was pretty white anyway. Uh, it's, it, the issues, the, 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 as you said, Newsom said, Aaron, working small to big is asinine. That's, that doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, Newsom and, said he was proud of the fact that he worked small to big. And here's what, here's what pisses me off, and I, I think you should piss anybody off who isn't firmly in the Trump supporting camp, is that he's, look, we can't keep going on with, we can't have 20 years of Trump-like fucking leadership in this country. That, this is not going to happen. That's going to tear this country down quicker than any fucking war we've ever fought. And sadly, the best bet to get him out is the Democratic Party at this point. And they're sitting there squabbling over shit that does not fucking matter amongst themselves and amongst people who are in the middle who are going, I'd really like a reason to fucking throw in and get behind you guys. But every time I turned around, I'm being told I'm a fucking privileged shit lords, you know, piece of shit. I, yeah. well, I, I can't get behind that. Guilty. I, <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah. I'm tired of fearing my penis makes me a bad boy. I mean, the reality is the only way to get him out is to get him out with the Democratic Party. And Democratic Party looks like a fucking clusterfuck at this point. Just running around, bumping into each other. Like some fucking short-circuiting bumper cars. I mean, there, there, there was an article <laughs> that I couldn't believe got published. And they're, they're under the same uh, umbrella of, of, of ownership. This website's called The Root. It's the yeah. same website that owns Jezebel and Kotaku and Deadspin and all that. Okay. This, start, this article said straight black men are the white people of black people. 
Wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is the, the liberal snake is eating its tail. Exactly. So, so straight, uh, straight black men are oppressing other black Every, people. Everybody except for straight white men. Uh, yes. <laughs> this is this is the left, and these are the people who want to take over the left, and they think that this is going to win them. Whoa! Elections. He's right. Look at that. Right there. That's what it says. Straight black men it? are the white people of black people. From theroot.com. I can't even imagine. Oh, boy. Look, you know, so this problem of everybody living in their own bubble, in their own little micro community, and is it they only share, they only read and share stories of things that they already believe in, right? And so... So this week we uh, we heard about Facebook's plans for attacking this problem of interference in our elections. Why we think that Facebook is <laughs> it's is Zuckerberg the, is the problem he's important is, is the problem is. or the solution? I can't imagine why. They they're going to report. Uh, all kind, any kind of Russian activity involved in advertisements to Congress and do all this shit. Basically, Daddy Facebook is going to take care of you. And that's not the problem. You think that people aren't going to find on their own stories that align with their beliefs and share that with others? The answer isn't that in all this this Russia controversy, people like to take away the fact that, well, they, the Russians use Facebook to manipulate us. So we have to control Facebook. No. You have to control your people because they were manipulated with Facebook. They were manipulated with fake stories that were easily proven incorrect. And you just had the research capabilities of an eighth grader. I'm not trying to take my own brain in your in your head. But do too wasn't I saying this back a few months ago? They didn't hack the election. They hacked us. They figured we're, out we are easily duped. They, we are we are woefully undereducated when it, and and ill prepared when it comes to critical thinking research. Questioning sources, etc., etc. We, I, I've, I, I do my like due diligence, and I still get blindsided sometimes. Well, certainly. The, the difference is, is that I make the mistake of going. You know what? I was wrong. I took this source, and I didn't dig deep enough, and I trusted them, and so automatically that puts me at a disadvantage because. If I'm sitting there having a discussion or a debate with a petty person, what happens? Ha, 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 you were wrong. Ha, 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 you were wrong. Okay, great, wonderful. Does that negate everything else I said? No. Right, no, but the difference is in the reaction to information that doesn't conform with your beliefs. You can say, that doesn't sound right, that must be wrong. Or you can say, that doesn't sound right, I need more information to find out if this is correct. Most people stop at it must be wrong and move on. Mm, not anymore. Not anymore. No, because I think you, think you think people are digging in more now on on stories that contradict their current beliefs. 
No, you're you're. I think you're giving too much credit for taking things for going. Ah, oh, you're. That must be wrong. Like, I don't know. It's it's just because the, the attitude of the press now. It's no longer be right. It's be first. If it's not right, we'll correct it later. And then they'll run the retraction at two in the morning. Just say they ran the retraction. Right, because with first comes the money, the eyeballs, yeah. the clicks, the whatnot. Yeah. Oh, we ran a retraction at four thirty in the morning. Well, we ran a retraction. You know, it's, and I think that's kind of, that mentality has seeped in to the people. I don't care that if it's right, I just, I got it first. I knew about it before anyone else. It was posted in my feed before everybody else's. It doesn't matter if but it's see, right or not. But see, that's the thing, Chris, is that we do a sports show on this network as well. And when we get fucking, at least when I get fucking duped, I try to lead the show off with, hey, look, last week I, I, you know, I passed along information saying this. That information was incorrect. Here was the source I got it from, et cetera, et cetera. Now, here's the sad part. We're just a fucking tiny little blip on the radar of all the podcasts and all the terrestrial radio and all the sports fucking reporting that's out there. And we take that shit more seriously than the people who misreported it in the first place because they never say they were wrong. Mm-hmm. There is no, or if they do, they do it at a time of day nobody would ever know. See, but that's the thing. I'm not even seeing it then, man. I, I think the retraction, unless unless there's a threat of legal action, has has gone the way of the dodo. It's just it's something you don't do anymore because it's seen as reversing yourself. Well, it's a, it's the threat of committing fault, the threat of monetary action that they're worried about. But it's all in the way that you handle it. You know, the Washington Post fucks up a story, doesn't get enough sources on it or something, and the response from the right is, ah, we told you, see, this is a perfect example of how the Washington Post is, is, is fake news. But, yeah, exactly. but, their, but their reaction to it was what any traditional news organization would do, address it. You know, I believe there's people that lost their jobs. They took responsibility for it. What did Fox News do when they were finally forced to uh, denounce the Seth Rich story? Actually, they didn't denounce it. They didn't really take the story back. They just said, well, there's a story that we're reporting on. Turns out it wasn't correct. In other news, Trump's the greatest. But I guess, too, also in their current social climate, retraction retraction equals you're done. Mm, Case in point, Brian Williams... Dan Rather? No, but you're confusing the individual journalists with the news organization. Those news organizations weren't done because they fired True. the people that were responsible for speaking the lies or the unresearched information or whatever it is. So, yeah, it, you can survive that as an organization by cutting out the people who are seen as being responsible for it. And I see we're back to just treating the symptoms, not the disease. But, I mean, Sean Hannity was, he didn't want to shut up about the Seth Rich story. He certainly hasn't, has job threatened by Fox that I'm aware of. And he had Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly's penises as a buffer to kind of bury him. Another, there's more than that, too. The guy who's, uh, sorry, 
You guys have been following the Equifax story. I know my information's been compromised. You know that yours was? Yes, but I don't care. I have bad credit, so I didn't even care. Well, I check. <laughs> As someone who is recently, uh, I'm three or four years out of bad credit, I already have been monitoring my credits. So I already know if my shit's being used or if it's not. Hey, guess what? It hasn't. So, yeah. Wait, so, this has been quite the debacle, though. So. Equifax gets hacked, uh, doesn't report it, for what, like almost a whole year? Then has another, there's more information about, well, actually, we underreported the number of uh, people, the, the quantity of information that was hacked. So it turns out to be even more. They put up a website to help people find out if they're hacked and if their information is out there. And also offer ways to help people protect their credit, credit monitoring. Let me guess. The website gets hacked. Right. It did. Is this last year when everything from Samsung blew up? No. It's <laughs> one of that kind of situations. It, it, the, the website that they put up for all this information got hacked by somebody who was, uh, he was basically posting stuff about how Equifax is dumb enough to get themselves hacked multiple times. Like, they don't know how to protect themselves. They did. They did fire their chief information officer and their chief security officer. Well, I mean, at least the security guy. The password Hi. was admin. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't change. You're fucking like somebody whoever, whoever fired up the new software. You didn't change it. Right. And in the the thing that you had to sign to. Uh, Opt into the credit monitoring system. Had language in there saying that you waive all rights to sue Equifax for letting your personal information be vulnerable. No, that's an, that's an, that's a per, that's a that's a great example of corporate doublespeak right there. And you know, uh, but, but and you know how you um uh, sign up for that credit monitoring is you have to give them your information to find out if you've been hacked. Right. And that's what I did. However, they never sent me my code to verify, so my account hasn't been verified, so I guess I could sue them. Well, that's the thing is, I mean, Equifax already has your information. They have everybody's information. It's kind of their gig. We don't have a fucking choice. This isn't like a business that we can stop dealing with. This isn't like Target getting hacked and saying, well, I'm not going to use my credit card at Target anymore because they're buffoons. You have no choice. Well, NPR had no, a very... You do have a choice. You can stop using credit. But. NPR had a very interesting uh, report on how basically our social security numbers were never meant to be used as they're used. And how once your shit hits the black market, it's pretty much there for life. Like, even if you... Even if you right. Even if your identity gets stolen so bad that the government goes, okay, we'll issue you a new social security number... Your new number for the rest of your life is still connected to your old number because that's the only way they can tell who you fucking are. Right. Yeah. So, it, so it, the hack, the amount of ability it took to hack your shit the first time, it takes like one tenth of that to get the new social security number, and then you're back to square zero. So interesting. NPR Makes was, sense, you know, they, they had a few people on, and they were, you know, what kind of ideas do you have to stop this? And basically, it was. You're, we're going to have to let people select personal identification numbers that only they know. Oh, God. Someone's going to have, like, poop emoji, an exclamation point. 
See, I was thinking, I was thinking space balls. One, two, three, four, five. Right. You know, well, I can see someone doing that real easy. Well, I, they would just use the same technology that is already used for cryptocurrency. If, well, that was the, that was the other solution. Solution, but basically they said there would have to be some 1776 type shit happen in the financial world for us to switch over to cryptocurrency. The, oh yeah, in a revolution, yeah. Now, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I know hardly anything about like Bitcoin, which is what cryptocurrency is. I guess there's other forms of it. Yeah. But apparently, I didn't know this. You can trade this online money for cold hard cash. And oh, yeah. I was like, oh, well, if that's it has the a case, value, yeah, it has a dollar value. You know, like any I other mean, currency. As long as the exchange rate is something fair. Well, I saw so, something this week that Bitcoin is well, no, right now is worthless. Or it's heading that way. It no, it's not worthless. It keeps going. It, it will fluctuate like any other any other form of money. You know, it's we're going to see a lot of peaks and valleys at the beginning of it, certainly. But I mean, what is currency? Currency is a group of people all believing in the same thing. All they needed is a large enough group of people to all believe that this was worth something. Yeah, little slips of paper is just what we settled on. Right. There's actually a, uh, a role-playing game se- video game series called Fallout that takes place hundreds of years after a worldwide nuclear war, and their form of currency is bottle caps. And people are like, that's ridiculous. And I'm thinking, how is it any more ridiculous than our form of currency? Right. It's just they, they all agreed that this is the... Outside of bartering, like goods for services or services for services or whatever, this is the only way to buy and sell shit. Right. I like yeah the the idea when people talk about well our economy isn't even on the gold standard anymore and it's, it's just worthless paper and they're just printing out money and like who decided gold and st- it works. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, isn't that isn't that another issue is. Because we have the Federal Reserve, which is not federal at all. It's private and, business? Yeah. I mean, that is an issue as well. Can I open mean, up on a is it hamburger joint called the Federal Burger Joint? Federal Express? That's true. They're not federal. Yeah, I know, because they're efficient. You actually want to use them over the, <laughs> the federal mail delivery system. Well, I don't know. I don't know enough about economics to speak on it. Yeah, I, but it, it, yeah, it's it's one of those things that it seems like there's proponents for the Federal Reserve, and they're very vocal about that. And then there's people who are, no, we need to go back to the gold standard or find a new way, and they're very vocal about that. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like I find many people who are kind of like let's. Let's rework the system we have for optimal efficiency. It's either stay the course or scrap it and go back to a, another system. All right. Which, I mean, if you really think about it, pretty much describes how pretty much everything as far as politics and government work in our country. Right, because we look at these major problems and we come at them with ideologies. Well, we're a capitalist society, so we should do this. Well... It, all this idea from Republicans that socialism is evil. Like, full stop, socialism is evil. 
Okay, let's not even go through listing off all the different ways that we experience socialism in our everyday lives, policemen, libraries, uh, streets, and everything else. What does your tax dollar pay for? That's fucking socialism. Being taxed and having the government decide how to spend it on shit for the whole nation to enjoy, that's fucking socialism. What did they do with fucking health care? That's socialism. They took all those tax dollars that they put in a big pool that they said we were gonna it was originally for taking care of uh, the expense of Obamacare, and they said we're gonna redistribute this amongst the the states by uh, by population. That's socialism. It's California, you, New York, get all the money. You just socialized part of medicine, <laughs> and yet. Socialized medicine is the evil thing that you're trying to avoid. So, again, it's not about is socialism evil, is capitalism evil. It's about looking at your problem and deciding what the best tools in your belt are to tackle that problem. Not using your ideologies. Not starting with, well, I'm a Christian. Well, I'm white. Well... I'm middle class, so... Hey, let's pick on everybody. Well, as a person of color, because you know that's going on a lot, too. I mean, why do you seek to... Why do you look to the status quo to give you your answer anyway? You're looking at a problem that happened because of the status quo. You're looking for something to disrupt that if you want to change it. I think it's because... There's just a, there's a lot of people for whatever reason respond positively to a, an authoritarian viewpoint, and yeah. they look at the government and they go fix it for us. Whereas I look at the government and go oh, fuck. If I gotta go ask them for help, then we really know we're in some deep shit. Yeah, it'd be last on the list. Well, I mean, I know you guys don't agree. But they're running neck and neck for last with corporate America. Sorry. I just, I, you can vote out politicians. You can't vote out CEOs unless you hold fucking enough fucking of the share, you know, shares. So it, it's, it's both of them don't act like they're, you're, 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 here's the thing. Both of them try to convince us they're acting in our interest when we both know they're, when we all know they're acting in their own best interest. That's just one of those. They're both. I see where you're coming from, Rich, because they're both somebody that you have to go with, uh, with your hat in your hand. Yeah. Well, as I an mean, as an individual, yes, but you know, if enough people collectively vote with their dollar, then that CEO isn't going to last. Okay, but then we get back to the conversation we had a while yeah. ago, then which he just is voted president. Which well, good old Dave Brandon ran Domino's into the ground, ran U of M into the ground, got hired as CEO of fucking Toys R Us, and is now ran them into the ground. And he made more at every stop he went to. I will yeah. argue for him on the behalf of... It's a brick-and-mortar store that sells things. This is not... It's 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 not the salad days for, for that type of thing right Yeah, now. but that's like... You, you a, lot, given, a lot of businesses are seeing a shift in their dynamic because of the internet. But... And it's just Toys R Us's turn. <laughs> that's like saying, I'm giving you a job to captain a ship, and you crash it into an iceberg, oh, I'm not, I'm not and I'm like, what happened? Well, you know, it was an iceberg, and it was really big, and it was, like, right in our path, so... I mean, it was bound to happen... Other ships hit it, 
Your job is to steer I'm that saying, ship it, around the iceberg. I'm not saying he is completely to blame. I'm just saying, uh, you know, perhaps he accelerated and he should have decelerated. Well, it's well, saying it's too long. Rich's point is that when you're white, you fail up. If I if I'm to understand it correctly. I mean, I don't really? limit it to white. I say if you are wealthy enough. If you reach a certain stature. I say if you and I go oh, yeah, just yeah. start like, totally tanking at our jobs, let's see how long, let's sit here 30 days from now, see which one of us is A, employed, and B, has a better job than the one we just had. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. If, if he walked into Toys R Us and they knew that they were on the fucking downswing, then why did they hire someone who is incapable of thinking in the new way of doing business that needs to be done. I understand maybe going, we're going to close X amount of stores because they're not needed, but there is a way to draw people into your brick-and-mortar store. It's to turn Toys R Us into an event. Because when we were kids, at least when I was a kid, I, I guess I can only speak for oh, myself, Going to the Toys R Us was like a fucking, yeah. it was like going to Disney World. Dude, you did, you did some me. shit right if you were going to Toys R Us, something like mom and dad got a raise, or you were really good, or maybe I don't know, maybe mom and dad got some or in a good mood. Something happened. You're in a good mood. Well, you know, I mean, I even say this: I worked in a, in, in full disclosure, I worked seasonally for four years for them, doing their stock overnight. And even as an adult, even when it even hungover, miserable, shitty, you know, weather conditions outside. It didn't suck to show up at Toys R Us to work as much as it would have been a factory. Let's put it that way. You know, some drab gray, surrounded by machines and one little fucking boombox from 1980 in the corner playing music in a 95 degree fucking environment. Just, uh, this sucks. It didn't. And so, I mean, that's, it is possible to do that. Yeah, you're going to have to shift to more of an online service, etc., etc. I have to know something. Yeah. Were the Teddy Ruxpins weird in the dark? <laughs> what They had the new versions. Was it creepy that, to walk toys. by them well, you, with the lights? Yes. The, the automated toys were always creepy. Yes, they were always creepy. Here's what I believe on this, that there is always going to be some sort of market for a physical toy store. And the types of toys... We need somewhere to pick up what you just ordered online. Your action... Well, no, your action figures, your Lego type sets, uh, whatever collectible thing people are into, kids are into, there's always going to be a place where you want to take your kid and go, pick something out. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, but now that's at Walmart. It's the toy section. Okay, but look... There's always going to be a business for that. The reason it's shrinking is because your window is closing. By the time the kid starts getting eight, nine, ten years old, they want to go to Best Buy. It, you took the words right out of my mouth. You know, I, I'm not saying I know what, what's best for a store like Toys R Us, but maybe adopting some more of the look and feel of a Best Buy store and Leaning more into that technology. I mean, dude, I can tell you, I've been to Toys R Us lately. It's, you know, video games locked up and then rows of like Disney branded 
junk electronics and mm-hmm. bullshit laptops mm-hmm. and just nothing that would interest my kids at all. I mean, I can tell you, just person, just if you look back, it's anecdotal. It's just me. The the gap between Ninja Turtles and girls, you know, when you're a boy, mm-hmm. I was saving up my money and my dad take me up to Fredder. Here's a blast in the past. Some yeah, guys buying uh, buying stereos and shit. Fifty watts per channel, baby <laughs> yeah. cakes. That was high on the That was high on the pints. Oh damn it! <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you know, so yeah, I could see, like it's. Well, okay. If technology advances, yeah, who wants to go, who wants to buy a fucking puzzle? Toy Story are turning like specialty stores. It's like any business. You, you have to know your market. You have to know who you're marketing to. And not just assume that we deal in this these types of toys, and that's what we're known for, and those will always be in demand. Yes, but mm-hmm. to what degree? Unless you're willing to constantly, like, fire people in closed stores and adapt in that way, you're going to have to figure out other ways to keep your current businesses going. A lot of Toys R Us was the business that I witnessed when we were there. And I'm talking the loyal repeat business was, now you remember this is in the mid-90s to the late-90s. Yeah. So fun, so Funko Land was still, was, was, GameStop wasn't even invented yet. I think it was still Funko Land. You were going to say what I thought you were going to say. Um, any type of... Funko uh, Land. Video games. Oh. Yeah, video games. Um, any type of Toys R Us brand only or exclusive toys, those, I mean, especially holiday Barbies. Oh, my fucking God, we couldn't keep those in stock. Holy shit. No, Rich, I can say but, but I had the NES, man. That's where I went. My dad took me to uh, every year uh, from, I think it was like maybe like fourth grade to like seventh grade. I got a Nintendo game for my birthday. And every year, take me to Toys R Us, but, pick one out. Boom. But at the time that we were kids, they had everything that we would want. Mm-hmm. Well, see, this is what I was getting at. And they don't. And then, That's then, you, then, you, then you had the people who showed up every morning. Because, you know, our shift would overlap the last hour the store was open and the first hour the store was open. And every morning the same crew would show up. And there would be people that would go to the Hot Wheels aisle and start digging through the pegs looking for a certain Hot Wheels car. And then there would be the the Star Wars people show up for Star Wars guys or Star Trek or or Spawn or whatever. And near the end of my, my last season working there, a lot of these guys disappeared. And a few of the guys that would come in that were regulars, I go, well, man, there used to be a whole lot more of you guys. What happened? They said, oh, man, the Internet, you can find anything on there. I thought they were going to oh, no, they started getting late. <laughs> <laughs> no, bro, these guys were older than, than Aaron or I right now. I think I think they've involuntary celibacy. I think in them they've made their peace with you know at this point. I'm out too. You know, yes, but okay. When has competition ever been an excuse? Why are we losing too much competition? Competition is. But how do you what? compete? With, I don't have to leave my house. <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't have to dig. I don't have to dig through fucking that's the thing. rows you, and rows of hundreds of action figures to look for the right one. You have I to can just give, look it up and buy it. You have to give people an experience that they want to have, 
in order to get them out of your house. We went to Toys R Us because that was the place that you had to go to get all the shit, you know? Sure, you every place had a toy aisle here and there. We didn't have, like, Target and everything like we did then, or like we do now, uh, that has, like, shit, almost as much toys as, uh, as Toys R Us has, minus, like, all the baby shit and the puzzles. And... Yeah, if you wanted the, if you wanted to look at all the transformers, that was the place that was going to have them. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think Toys R Us going bankrupt and closing physical stores is necessarily a bad thing. I think they're I think where they're fucking up is they're not rebranding themselves as instead of being like if you want to order if you want to order Todd McFarlane action figures. You go to Todd McFarlane's website and order them. Yeah. If you if you want to order, and you can order toys right from like Hasbro's website, whatever the fuck. I think what they need to do is try to one, they're gonna have to understand we're gonna have to fucking price lower than everybody else. And two, instead of having these niche websites where you go to and you buy, you know, what you're looking for, we're kind of we have it all. We have the, the 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 board games you can't find anywhere else. We have the video games you can't find anywhere else. You know, they're, they're going to have to do that. Well, right, because if your if your decision in order to respond to a downturn in your business, you decide that your only course of action is to start making cuts. Uh, well, we'll just hire more teenagers, actually less people, and they'll all be teenagers, and they'll all be part-time, and we'll only clean every other week, because that's what it looks like in those places, and we'll even have half the lights on. We'll, we'll alternate the lights in the rows, so we'll save on energy costs. No, did, well, then, I, did I tell you that then, I saw that? Then you're... Oh, yeah, I was at a, it happens. I was at a, I had to go but, to a, a Kmart in Spokane. Oh, yeah. I walk in and all, half the lights are off. I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it, it's got to be bad. So if that's your response is, is austerity that ends up being expenses in the look and feel of the experience of your store, you have nowhere to go but down. I, the fact is that if you, if you want to change to adapt to new competition, you have to invest. You know, look at because that's all I've I've seen Toys R Us over the years. There's never been a time in my life where I haven't had an excuse to go to Toys R Us in my life, and I've seen the change in the stores, and I've seen other similar. Well, take like a comic book store for example. Some of them just survive because they're the only one in a twenty mile radius. Mm-hmm. And they have a small business, and they know how to manage it, and that's the fuck it. Some of them thrive, and it's usually by expanding with board games, cards, action figures, pops, any kind of collectible, organizing events, having loyalty cards and, and whatnot, and programs, you know, having board game nights, card nights, all this shit, forming a community. That's what really... Toys R Us can't compete with. The fact that you can get just about anything on the Internet is a reality for all businesses. So that's a common factor. That's not an excuse. That's a common factor that all businesses have to compete with. Even buying cars and shit. Houses. 
have to compete with the internet. So your real, comp- no, your, your real competition is what are other brick and mortar stores are doing that are successful in their markets, you know? So you have rows and rows of board games. Clear out uh, an aisle or two, set up a table somewhere, have a night where people, I don't know, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that I have these solutions like I'm this marketing genius, but clearly they weren't attempting anything new. They weren't trying to invest anything new in the business. They just had this continual idea, the same way that Sears and Kmart and all these other stores are perfect examples of this, that, well, people will just shop with us because... They just do. I mean, that's... It's hilarious. People shop at Sears. Yeah. Sears and those Kmart people died. They're sinking ships up together. Right. Hey, we're going down. You're going down. You want to make go down together? That's pretty much what's happened. All the people that used to shop at your stores died. And all the kids that used to want to go to your stores now can get whatever they want on the internet. And they don't even want toys anymore. They want electronics. I, but I don't think I don't. I don't but toys I don't are selling. That. Toys are selling like crazy. You know, there's no I downturn. Think. I mean, Lego saw a little bit of a downturn. I, I heard, but action figures are bigger than ever. Todd McFarlane toys. That guy's a fucking millionaire. Not off of comics that he wrote for Marvel Comics or Image. Not for anything that he was involved in. He's a millionaire because of fucking toys and collectibles. There's markets for this shit more than ever. The same I, think too many, I think too many brick and mortar. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, in the same way that the market shifts where kids want electronics at an early age, there's also more of us that are staying in that kid phase for longer and are spending our actual real paychecks on action figures and collectibles, and comic books, and toys, and board games, and card games, and video games, and all this shit. So, I, you can't point at the internet, because the internet's only proof that there's an insatiable market for it. You're, it's your fault for not knowing how to hit that target. And see, that's where I think that this is short-sighted on Toys R Us part. Don't look at internet sales as the death knell of your business understand that look you buy toys on a level that most places don't you can afford to sell them cheaper you're going to have to do that to get business in do what you said do exactly what you said with the, with the stores that are still left after they they go through the closing and believe it or not back, uh, 15 years ago they actually started having um, at least around the holidays what they called uh, uh, toy demonstrators. It paid people to come in and play with toys in in you know like a, in a little area with kids. Show them how it worked. Here you try it. Blah blah blah. Get some hands on you know whatever with like you know whatever toy that they, that they were selling. It, it was something that I hadn't really seen before. You know, not not in a Toys R Us level store. Right. I mean, if you go to a small hobby shop and you and you're like, "Hey, I want to build an RC car," they're going to let you test it out most likely before you drive it. You go to Toys R Us and, and you go, "I want to test out that RC car." They're going to be like, "You better keep your receipt if you don't want to get." 
And if it's open, you can only exchange it for the same item. You know, you know the same, same old bullshit that, that we went through for years and years when we were kids. And now it doesn't exist. You can't run a company like that. If you do, you're not going to be in business very long. So, yes, they, they, the ability and the ideas have been there. It's just it's been shit execution. I'm not sitting here like, you know, boo-hooing the fall of Toys R Us. To me, it's more of a, you guys could have fucking done something different. Instead, you went out and hired the same old type of person who's ran two fucking successful businesses in the ground. And when he runs your business in the ground, now you act shocked. Why did you take a chance? You already know if it doesn't, if you if you stay the course and it doesn't, there isn't a magic turnaround for you at the end of that, your business is done with as you know it. So take a chance. Get someone in there who's going to fucking try new shit, who's going to make people uncomfortable who are like, well, wait a minute, this isn't how we've always done business. How we've always done business isn't how business is done anymore, guys. Welcome to the 21st century. You can't just put out a holiday Barbie once a year and expect to, you know, to have a huge Black Friday. Right, but, 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 but millennials, millennials are ruining everything. They ruin everything. See, see that's not, <laughs> no, and that's, you know. Well, that's they, true, they get, but. They, they, get, they get shit on quite a bit on this show, but to be honest with you, they just have the... The good luck or the bad luck, however you want to look at it, of being the, the generation that's coming to prominence while this comes to prominence. Because shopping online when we were in our early 20s was not something that was done on an everyday basis. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't even put my card number online. Correct. See? That's what I'm saying. Okay. What? You have to put your credit card number on the internet? And now I'm mad when I have to do it on the toilet. I know, right? <laughs> So you gotta get Chrome with that autofill. Well, no, well, that's too far. Now I can do it while driving. <laughs> well, you know, real quick, you know, another thing where the mentalities change is how pot. Siri, what's my social security number? Yeah, <laughs> pot. Remember, I don't want to have a subscription to High Times. I'll be on a list. Now we have a podcast where we talk about pot. You know, yeah. twice a week. But yes. Same thing. The mentality shifted. Very true. Well, okay, you know, I don't want to get out of here without talking about something, though, we, as long as we were talking about nerd culture shit. Uh, it is on the day that we're recording this, I don't know if you knew this, it's Stephen King's 80th birthday. Oh, what? Seven, 70th. Oh, I'm, did I just... 80? 80. I was like, damn. Damn it. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, so, I am, I apologize, Mr. King. 70s, believe He's as old as my dad. So, the only reason I know he's, the only reason I know he's 70 is because... He he was born not that far off from my dad, and they're the exact same age, if my dad was still alive. That's the only reason I know that. So uh, he could have been 80. <laughs> he looks like he looks like shit anymore, but you're an, I guess when you're a writer, you don't have to look good. Oh, come on, man. I mean, he's he's punished himself a lot over his life, and he's taken a lot of punishment, too. Oh, that, that's no shit. If you, if, you, if you don't know the story, if you're a Stephen King fan... And you read a book called On Writing. Yeah. And it, I know it sounds boring, but it's really not. But there's, there's, he goes into a little bit of his backstory with drugs and alcohol. And uh, let's just put it this way. Homeboy gave Hunter S. Thompson a run for his money. <laughs> yeah, the story, was it Cujo that was written in the weekend binge? Or he, all he remembers is sitting down at the typewriter and waking up to a wastebasket full of bloody... Uh, uh, tissue paper 
and a completed draft of Cujo. Jesus. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't he remember does. anything in between. Yeah, he, uh, the last. Yeah, it was. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was Cujo, but I know the Tommy Knockers. He said that about. And if you ever read the Tommy Knockers, that damn no, he couldn't crank that one out. No, Tommy Knockers is a pretty a, thick tome. I didn't. The weekend thing. I, I maybe it was cocaine. Well, I'll the check my thing, source. I, I didn't that. know about. But, but what I'm saying is. If you ever read the Tommyknockers, it doesn't really shock me because the, the main protagonist is a fucking fallen down drunk through the whole fucking book. Yeah. Who has who doesn't really redeem himself whatsoever, just gives into his alcoholism and et cetera, et cetera, and the book progresses. So it's kinda like he was like, I was kind of writing about myself and I didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, but Homeboy was like drinking on my level, doing cocaine, drinking, uh, what is that shit that they, was it lean, that codeine cough syrup? Oh, okay. Cesura? Weed. He was sipping? And, uh, yeah, but he was doing it before then. He was just mixing it with alcohol. Right. Uh, he was just doing time. Yeah. He was doing it before the like a real man. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then, uh, what was, uh, pain, some sort of painkillers. So that's, that was his daily routine. And I mean, it's like, dude, holy shit, how you're still drawing breath is amazing. And, and dude's got a constitution of a war horse, that's all I'm saying. Right. But everyone's like, how do you come up with all this crazy shit? And he's like, just be thankful I put 10% of it down on the paper. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Dude. The, one of my favorite stories about him is that he wrote Pet Cemetery. Yeah. He, he did that. He did the redraft. He handed it to his wife. His wife said, you can never publish this. And he just stuck it in a drawer in a, in a, in a, in a uh, desk for like three years. And eventually, when he was switching publishers, they said, you owe us one more book. And he pulled it out and he handed it to him. And he goes, that's the, that's the one you're going to get. So make it work. And they published it. And he was like, I never thought that book would ever reach publication. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. It's a 30-year-old, 37-year-old book, and it's been a movie for almost as long. But, dude, that's a dark-ass book. Kid getting killed, burying him, bringing him back to life, having to kill him again, et cetera, et cetera. That's... Right. Well, I think why, you know, we're certainly seeing kind of resurgence of popularity in this material. I haven't seen it yet, but I hear that it is really good. It is. I will say this, Aaron, you're probably going to, you're either going to agree with me or disagree with me when you see it. It's no spoilers, but I think that they're giving your average 12-year-old kid in the late 80s way too much, way too much hipster credit with their choice of music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like... Hmm. I don't buy that they were listening to this. Okay, maybe put some Appetite for Destruction on, some Def Leppard. Right. You know, yeah, but... It's a white snake, know, man. Like, they got him listening to, like, you know, deep cuts of The Cure and Ecstasy, and I'm like, <laughs> no. I don't... I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like, that cool. I don't think so. Like, you know, I mean, I think the closest one that I gave him was, it was a, uh, it was a lesser hit of, uh, uh, Oh shit! Who who did uh, she said? Oh, Sanctuary. Uh, uh, the cult. The cult. The cult. Yeah. 
it was one of their lesser known hits that was playing, and I was like, yeah, okay, that one didn't really take because it wasn't about Native American culture. <laughs> and he didn't hump the floor and go baby baby <laughs> in the video. Let's see, they have what's up, what's on the soundtrack? Love removal machine. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. The right stuff by New Kids on the Block. That's that's, that's, that's a running that's a running joke. Please don't come, girl. That's also New Kids on the Block. What I was gonna say that's about why Stephen King is stuck with this though, real quick. Uh, okay. Because all of his stories, he knew how to prey on the things that actually scare us, right? We think that we want to read a book or go see a movie or watch a TV show about something scary, some big, ugly creature, and it's going to look really cool, and it's going to pop out of nowhere and scare the crap out of us, and that's going to be the fun. But what we really want to hear are the stories about what really scares us. What happens when the people that I love turn against me? The things that I love turn against me. My own brain turns against me. What happens when when the comfortable life that I enjoy gets ripped away from me? My world gets turned upside down. And that was at the core of, of all of his stories, you know? Your daughter goes nuts. Puberty's hell. The car hates you. Your, your dog freaks out. Your cat freaks out of that chin, you know. These things that are comforts in your life that you trust. Your family, your friends, your, your fucking belongings. Your own technology turns on you. These are the, these are the basic fears that he was preying upon. Your pigs blood dumping and, on you. And realizing oh. that it wasn't enough to just tell... A ghost story, a, you know, a monster story, an alien story, whatever kind of he story you want to psychological tip. It wasn't like, you know, a monster coming at you. Yeah, but he wasn't, but the text wasn't brainy like that, you know? I mean, it was all subtext. Yeah, but it was all, it was all shit that could that, fuck with you subtly, the few Stephen King things I've read. Yeah. He he wasn't spelling this out in the thoughts of the characters. I mean, you just were kind of taken along for the ride. It's an overt. Mm. Yeah, sometimes. Well, his his writing definitely has a clear distinction. One clear distinction to me. I mean, there's there's if you're really a fan of him, you know that you know there's more than one. But the big one is, and it's. Kind of funny that it has now turned out to be the highest grossing Stephen King movie ever. Highest grossing horror film. Oh, well, yeah, that, that, that too, yeah. Um, but it, it, when he wrote it, he said, My thought was to bring back all the monsters, all the fears of being a kid, put it into one book, yeah. kind of like one last dance with them, and then he would move on from there. And it's really, it kind of, except for a few books here and there, it kind of really is like his swan song with the whole straight-up horror genre, to where it's not necessarily psychological horror, like Gerald's Game, or, yeah, you know, uh, uh, or, or, or almost like fantasy horror, like Needful Things, shit like that. It's, it's more of the, you know, honestly, yeah. The, the, honestly, that's kind of where I stopped reading Stephen King. I've, I've read all of the more traditional stuff, the 
Cujo and It and Gary and Firestarter and Except for his short story. Yeah, except for his short story novels and maybe a book here or there. Um, I pretty much checked out on him in the mid-90s myself. And that was like probably about five years after that. You could clearly see the shift in his writing. Like, I bought the Dark Half, and I was like, I thought he said he was done with monsters, but the Dark Half is like, it's it's not like The Shining. I think that was the spot. last one that I read, if I remember correctly. And, I mean, it's, it to me, it's, I, I really like the Dark Half. I even think Oh, I love that was, one. I didn't think the movie was that bad. Was it, was it mean, Tim Robbins? Am I remembering that correctly? The Dark Half? No, yeah. The Dark Half was uh, Timothy Hutton. Oh, okay, thank you. I'm just confusing my Tims. Yeah, Tim, uh, Tim Robbins was uh, obviously Shawshank. Oh, yeah, I know. It's that. I, for some reason, I was picturing him in that role. Shawshank's been, Shawshank has become like Law and & Order, and It's a Wonderful Life at Christmas Time. It's on some channel right now as we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's playing. That thing has become an American oh, institution. You have the same theory as me with Law & Order. It's always on somewhere. Oh, it definitely is. Kevin Smith proved it during one of his uh, one of his question and answer things. Oh, me and Mandy watch this shit all the time. Dude, we we have wasted so many Sundays on Law and Order marathons. He was able to on command find Law and Order on a channel. Dude, it's on right now. I guarantee yeah. you. I'll bring a PlayStation View. I tell you, I, I I'll bet you it's on right now. He he whipped out his phone and uh, uh, this was obviously the smartphone age and pulled up some guide for like all the cable channels and he was like law and order and it was on like three channels at that point and he did it for like four in the morning at nine in the morning at three in the afternoon and it was always on man. <laughs> i mean it's just let's see i have my live good. tv tab up right now and playstation view bam there it is law and order live on yeah on what channel uh Sundance. It's been on so long, Sam Watterson's coming back to it. He, he is. He's going to play Jack <laughs> McCoy on SVU, which is about to be the second longest running TV show. Uh, if it makes it, uh, I think it's been renewed to be the second longest because uh, number one right now, of course, is The Simpsons. Yeah. And the more they keep going, the longer it sets the record. But uh, the second longest is uh, the first Law and Order. Tied with Gunsmoke. They're both on for 20 years. Oh, really? SVU is about to be on for its 19th season. So. Damn, it has been that many years, hasn't it? Yeah. Shit. I remember when it premiered. Dude, fuck. And I still want to fuck Mariska Hargitay. Whether it's I now there with you, dude. or 1999. I, I have sex with her now. I mean, I would now, but I wouldn't turn down 99 over right now. Oh, no. Even with the short hair. We, I can work with it. There's a wake shop somewhere around here. And hey, can we get a nod to, to brother collecting a steady paycheck for like 20 years? Ice tea, dude. It, it, that's the I've been on for that long. He was he came on in the second season, so it's it's yeah. damn near been 20 years. That's the damn. ultimate irony of that show is that he made cop killer and <laughs> he plays a cop. All this shit and his two best known roles are him as a cop in New Jack City. And him as a cop on SVU. Detective Finn Tutuola. But yeah, just real, real quick. I, 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 I've seen it, and I gotta say, it was... When I saw it, I was like, God damn it, why couldn't they get this guy to do the Dark Tower? 
because he gets it. You obvious? I mean, that's a. That's, I believe it's a twelve hundred page novel. Yeah, and part of it takes place Easy. in in the in the late fifties in the novel, and the rest of it takes place in the mid eighties. And there's a few other right. flashbacks following the same characters as yes. children and as adults. But it's about so the shit that scares you and how it shapes you into the adult that you become. So there was no way they were cramming. Even if even if they did what they did, which was break up the the, the childhood and the adulthood, there were there was no way they were cramming that into one movie. Right, but we but, are getting an adult film, right? We're getting yeah, we, oh, definitely. Big green lit years that later. Big green lit that before opening weekend was over with. Okay, they were like, oh, we're going to top a hundred million. Make the second one. We only spent thirty million on this one. I mean, dude, they're happy as shit, especially after the summer Hollywood's had. Um. But no, I mean, there. Even when things are moved around for brevity's sake, there's still a respect and a deep knowledge of the source material that is usually missing for most Stephen King movies. Like Frank Darabont gets Stephen King stories. He has a respect for the source material. Um, as good as The Shining, the movie is. Kubrick yeah. did not get The Shining. And no. had no respect for the source material. He didn't. He ba he basically turned it into his own movie, his own story. Yeah, the, the criticism of that that I understand, I think I heard this on, maybe it was on Kevin Smith's podcast, but they were talking about how Jack Nicholson was already known as being the crazy guy. Yep. So casting him in that role, you're just going, well, okay, well, but when does Jack do the crazy shit? So you're just expecting it to happen when the true horror of the book is normal guy. It should be Ned Flanders. Yeah. That goes buck wild. Yeah. And then that was Stephen because King. Because you have to believe that that could be you. That could be anybody. You know, circumstances can drive you crazy. You know, Stephen King, he, yeah, that's what he said. He said the first time he saw the, uh, the premiere, because he wasn't allowed to see anything until the premiere because it's Kubrick. Um, Right. He said he's sitting there and that first scene with, with Jack Nicholson in the, in uh Stuart Allman's office, he's just like I'm just, he's already crazy. Look at him. You already are waiting for him to grab an axe and go to town. There's no descent into madness. He looks crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean yeah. it's like it's it, now, like, the crazy looking guy went crazy. No big surprise. What? Exactly. I mean, that movie came out in 1980. I was three. I probably didn't see that movie until I was a seven or eight. And it was a, it was a like an edited Channel 50 version of it. You know? Right. Yeah. Me too. But I knew from sitting down the first minute of that movie that oh, Jack Nicholson is going to do some Jack Nicholson shit. And I, I was a kid. I, I didn't. I had never seen Five Easy Pieces. I'd never seen Easy Rider or Cuckoo's Nest. I hadn't seen those movies at that point. You just, you could, even a little kick like a Jack Nicholson would be like, oh, it's a crazy motherfucker. Right. But now you know, it, it was the complete opposite. The only kid I recognize is the kid from Stranger Things. And I figured he would play a different role than the role they gave him. He plays Richie in the movie, and that's the smart-ass, et cetera, et cetera, you know, always cracking jokes kid. For some reason, I just right. figured they'd, they'd make him the... Uh, the Eddie character. Yeah, that's the interesting. Movie. I didn't know that. I yeah, made that same I mean, assumption. I couldn't remember their names, but I knew the the character types. 
And, I mean, he kids got really good comedic timing. I mean, they're kid jokes, but that's the thing. I'm not expecting 12-year-olds to sit there and crack existential Carlin before he died jokes. You know what I'm saying? I expect 12-year-olds to talk like 12-year-olds. That's exactly what they need to do in that movie. It's like Stand By Me. They don't insult the kids yeah. by treating them like they're in Spy Kids or some shit or Agent Cody Banks or whatever the fuck. It's it's exactly how kids talked back then. How do I know? I was that fucking age at that fucking year. Movie set in 1989. They're 12 years old. I was 12 years old in 1989. That's 10. I mean, but still, even if you were 13, 14, you're close enough to that age to go, oh, That's shit. 14. I get it, you know. That's yeah. That's how we talked. I knew guys that talked like that, and I and I, it, them not going with a known actor to play Pennywise, I think, really helped also, because once Tim Curry took that role, even looking back, is how cringeworthy that 1990s miniseries is because right. it is from that era. Yeah. He still nailed that role. If they'd have stuck anybody with a name in there, there's no way they wouldn't have been compared to Tim Curry. This this guy just plays it completely different and you believe it because I couldn't even pick you pick him out of a lineup of one when he's not in that makeup. I don't know who the fuck he is besides the guy from uh True Blood's younger brother. The tall blonde guy. Good thing uh, Warner Brothers didn't have this property. It would probably have been Jared Leto. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <sighs> Are we going to have to sit through a Joker movie with him, by the way? Probably. Is that, is that, is that for real? You know, I think, I, I believe, actually, that what... Who knows what Warner Brothers and DC Studios are doing, ultimately. They don't really have an idea. They have an idea they want to do something different than Marvel, though, and I'm all for that. I think they're trying to soften us up on that concept of there's more, there can be more than one Joker or Batman. I mean, clearly we know that. We've seen multiple incarnations. We've seen vastly different portrayals of the same character. Mm. But holding them concurrently in our heads seems to be offensive to... A lot of people. Interestingly enough, like people that call themselves hardcore fans, and I'm like, what are you a fan of? Like, you're just a fan of one aspect of the Joker, or are you a fan of comics? Because if you're a fan of comics, you've read multiple Jokers. Every time a new creative team comes on, you get a different aspect of this villain. And now the last incarnation was that the, the last retcon on the Joker is that there's more than one, and one of them may be immortal. So it's whatever you want to do with the character, really. So we might see a Joker movie without Jared Leto. We might see. I'm him. fine with that. And not necessarily mean that he might then pop back up as the Joker in another Suicide Squad movie or the Gotham City Sirens or something like that. Batgirl, whatever. Oh, God. If we actually get a killing joke movie where the Joker shoots and rapes Batgirl... That would be interesting. It would probably go over like a fart in church. Well, I mean, the way they're going darker with with superhero movies after Deadpool and Logan, they know they can sell a rated R superhero movie. Yeah. And if there's ever been a superhero who, once you got out of the corny ass 60s 
transition period of the 70s into the Dark Knight era of the 80s, who lends himself to be a R-rated action hero? It's Batman. Right. At least in DC universe, that's the closest thing to an anti-hero they had for decades and decades and decades. DC also has a tradition of understanding that not everything has to be in continuity. That's Marvel's thing. Marvel sells you on the contiguous universe. Everything's happening in the same universe, and it could be your universe. It could. They're right outside your window. They're watching your sleep. The superheroes are in your... So, DC has always played with the idea of I mean, certainly Marvel has its alternate universes and everything, but they still connect them all together. But when the uh, when comics was floundering in the eighties and and people stopped reading them in and mass, DC decided to make decisions like make a book like The Killing Joke that, at least for the longest time after it was published, was not canon. It was a self-contained story. Of something that happened to these characters and didn't carry over into the books. Eventually, they kind of grew to like the idea of having Barbara Gordon be really tech-savvy and in a wheelchair, and so she became Oracle. But at first, that was to be understood as, this is just a separate story, or even a whole separate universe, like the Watchmen. They were... Uh, Arkham oh, the fuck you just said, little kid? Arkham Asylum is the, is another example of stories that were just self-contained stories. Now, being comics, eventually other writers want to be like, well, no, let's say that this happened, and let's run with that. But I hope that Warner Brothers is continuing to be willing to take risks like that and and do different types of movies, because... Marvel clearly isn't. I don't. I'm not hating on Marvel movies. I just know what to expect well, from it. The, the mouse owns them, man. They please their rodent overlord. Right. I know what to expect from a Star Wars film and a Marvel film, and I'm, I don't hate either one. I go and see them, but I also want to go see a Warner Brothers film and be surprised, like I was at. at Wonder Woman, or uh, you know, I don't know. What does Star Wars have a competition? Nothing. Nothing really. Sex. Well, I mean, it seems chewing like up pretty and much spitting out all get, the good sci-fi directors getting hammered. It, it 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 pretty much seems that they've uh, ran the Star Trek franchise that J.J. Abrams rebooted into the ground with that third one because. I'm sure it did box office, but it didn't. It didn't. It was not talked about like the first one. It was dull. It definitely wasn't fucking talked about like the second one. And to be honest with you, the only reason I think the second one was talked about is because it pretty much was a remake of of Wrath of God. Which one was? I'd rather watch the one where they save the whales again. Star Trek Four. Than that one, yeah. It's, it goes Rathic on Star Trek Four for me, and then the last Star Trek with the original cast. Not Generations, where they crossed the cast over. I'm not a but, huge yeah. fan overall, though. Although, you know, I've, I've seen my share of uh, whichever one was uh, Captain Picard. 
And, oh, uh, next generation. And I'm sure I, I've seen all the Star Trek movies, and I've seen every episode of the original series, but that's because you didn't really have a whole lot of options. First of all, they didn't show Star Wars on TV. So <laughs> what else are you going to watch? But, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not hating on Star Trek either. It just didn't catch me like other properties did. But I'm open to it. I enjoyed the first uh, I enjoyed the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek reboot immensely. Well, it was nothing surprising when it came to sci-fi. It was beautiful and very entertaining and very well constructed. I mean, so was his Star Wars movie. So nothing new, nothing ultimately like stand out, but a great sci-fi experience. They, they, they've uh, actually, they're not letting the, uh, the reviewers release. I don't know if they haven't even seen it or if they're not allowed to release their reviews. There's an embargo on reviews going out on Star Trek. Uh, the new one, what's it called? I kept wanting to call it uh, Discovery. 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 See, I, I, right away, I'm suspect. You're not... Everyone is, yeah. We, well, what, what don't you want us to see? Right. That's my first question. Why don't you want... If you got a good product, here, review right now. Here, I'll send you a screener. What's your email? You know? Well, it's, you just got confidence in your product. Here's what I think the issue is. And if they're doing this, what I think the issue is, I think they're fucking up. Star Trek, well, the beauty of Star Trek was, especially the original series, is that you had a multiracial, multinational cast, and it was not a big deal. Right. It was not a big deal to have a Russian on the bridge crew during the Cold War. It was not a big deal to have a black communications officer. It was not a big and deal to have an, an, an Asian helmsman. And the. It was not common. It was not, and it was not commented on by the crew. Exactly. Because you would hope that, what, 400 years in the future, that's how it would be. It wouldn't matter. And the rumor... Well, actually, they'd all be Malaysian by then, so... Yeah, they'd all be Puerto Rican and Africans. But, um, I mean, the rumor surrounding the new one is that they're not only casting majority people of color in the lead roles... But they're doing social commentary and forcing it down your throat. That's not how Star Trek works. They've already had a black captain in Cisco. They've already had a female captain in Janeway. I mean, uh, yeah, Chakotay in Voyager was the first officer. So, and he was he was Native American. No, I meant red. Uh, Janeway is red on Orange is New Black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, right. <laughs> I, I thought you were saying like as an Indian. Um, well, you know what I mean. Racist. But yeah, but no. I, <laughs> and if that's the case, it's like, yeah, guys, you're barking up the wrong tree here. I don't think Star Trek needs to have more diversity. It doesn't need to be face fucked with your diversity dick. Okay. <laughs> All right. It. it that's a pretty diverse fan base. That's a pretty open-minded fan base. You don't need to fucking shove your SJW agenda down his fucking throat. And Kirk didn't give a fuck he, if you were green. He'd fuck you. If that's what they do, I don't have much hope for this series. I just don't. 
It's, it's like when I heard that J.J. Abrams is now going to direct episode 9, and he's going to make it uh, a point to put uh, LGBT characters in the movie. Didn't we have that in Rogue One? Right. And it was, it was no big deal. I mean, it wasn't like, Hi, I'm crazy-ass Star Wars name, and I suck dick. You know, like <laughs> or what we think is dick on my home planet. Right. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal. Again, wasn't addressed by the characters at all. We were only privy to it because of, I think, one in brief exchange between them in the heat of battle. And it is no big deal. You know, I, I work with, you know, blue collar Republican types, all of them. And one of them has, you know, they, they're all nerds too, so they got, you know, shit on their desks. And one of them has a statue of the, the Asian guy with the gun. I don't remember his name. Young one. And it was like, you know, that. Baze, Baze and something. We were talking about it. He's like, that's to- he's totally my favorite character in that movie. It's like, I love Rogue One. And he was the best character in that whole movie. And but displays the, the figure proudly. It's sure. Not a, it's, not a, it's, it's not an issue. Like, who the guy fucks when he's not shooting people or aliens or stormtroopers or whatever, you know? Well, I mean, so I don't know. I'll, I'm going to watch it and, and make my own decisions because I don't take a lot of faith in when people say that. Something's being shoved down their throats. It's like, no, I mean, there's there's all kinds of options, you know. So your what you consider your thing is being turned into something that you're considering not your thing. Well, that doesn't. Nobody's shoving that down your throat. This this is a term that gets used a lot in comics, you know. Oh, they're shoving this gender politics down our throat by turning Thor into a woman. No, they're trying to make a fucking interesting story after 700 issues about the same. Greek god that's already had thousands of pages written about him. I get that. But if you're going to sit here and tell me there's not a difference between you have a cast and these two characters are a couple and they happen to be the fucking same sex and it's just another storyline versus... It's not even a storyline. It's just an aside. That's That's not important to the story. That's what I'm getting at. Right. There's a difference between, oh, hey, no. look, we have gay characters on this show, and, and they're gay, and, oh, by the way, did right. you hear? They're gay. And it's like, yeah, you get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely now, very interested in them. Yeah, if it's important to the storyline that somebody is a certain race, is this, has, has anything to do with, you know, ultimately superficial aspects of the characters. That's not what we want to watch. We want to watch interesting characters and their sexuality and their race are not what makes them interesting. I will say this. I did have a discussion with um, an 18-year-old recently and we were talking about portrayal of gay characters in the media and etc. etc. And she said, well, Modern Family is the first TV show on network television to have an openly gay family. And I was like, excuse me? No. Are you, yeah. are you fucking with me right now? I, 
Like, it's the narcissism of, of, of youth and the proliferation of technology has let people just ignore everything that came before in pop culture. Because I'm like, Will and Grace, uh, uh, Greg and Dharma. Um, Never seen my two dads? <laughs> in Roseanne, in Roseanne, her sister came out as a lesbian before the show ended. Right. Um, Ellen, my so-called life had a, her best friend was a gay character. Fuck yeah. That was like 90, 92. Uh, you go back to Beverly Hills 90210, you know, there was a character that was struggling with trying to decide whether to come out, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Dylan. No, that's like, possibly the first show to feature a gay couple and nobody freaked out. But here's the thing. You, if you are that ignorant of the history of your people's struggle, then I don't, I don't know if you should be the fucking one leading the charge uh, into battle here. Help, help, I'm being repressed. I mean, you don't show up at a battle of wits unarmed. It just doesn't happen. It's not good for you. So that's that's what I'm getting at. It's like this is not new. So there's this this desire to like shove it in your face. Oh, here's gay people on TV. You're gonna deal with it. It's like we've been dealing with it for thirty plus years, most of my life. Yeah. What is there to deal with? I don't care. I watched. I dealt with this. Yeah. I said, uh, well, that's cool. I'm not gay. Moving on. Yeah, I watched the show Oz. There was Beecher and, and uh, uh, oh, shit, I forget his name, but Homeboy from uh, Law & Order SVU, Buzzcut Boy. Right. You know, they were a I gay couple in that show. I, Christopher Maloney, there's his name. I, ah. You know what? Never flipped out. Stay didn't with. stop. Didn't stop watching. Exactly. Didn't stop watching it because he was a gay character in the show and a gay relationship. If you don't know these things, and you're going to say, well, "We need to, we need this shoved in your face," no, you're you're it's it's counterintuitive to your fucking point. You're not helping your own cause here. Stop acting like everyone's as ignorant as you are. Just because you don't know it doesn't mean no one else does. I mean, it, it don't know any other way to put it, and it's that's what I'm afraid is going to happen with the new Star Trek because that is the way a lot of shows are going. Yeah. Oh, hey, look, here's gay characters. Yay! Now what? They're boring ass characters. You do nothing with them. Their one defining trait is who they fuck. I don't want to watch a show like that. Especially a show that's supposed to be set in a future where we're beyond all this shit. Now, if if they do it, if they, if it's just like every other Star Trek show, hey, there's gay, you know, there's a gay couple here. No big deal because it's not it's not a big deal three four hundred years in the future. I'll be more than happy to 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 go along on the ride as long as it doesn't turn into to like a soap opera in space. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna. I, that's what. That's why I had to give up on Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine. I was like, this is a joke at this point, right? I mean. Yeah. I I, did, I couldn't watch that one. I didn't know what it was about it. But I'm going to give this one a shot. You know, we'll see what it's like. Before we go, I would recommend watching the Orville, though. I have no idea if it's going to be sustainably good, but the first episode was entertaining enough. And I'm not actually the biggest fan of uh, what's his name? The lead? Seth MacFarlane. Seth, Seth MacFarlane. MacFarlane, yeah. Never been a, 
Um, I've never been a fan of any of his shows. I thought Ted was reasonably funny. It's the only one I can think of that I actually thought was funny, and, he, and he wasn't in it. So I have a line for Family Guy, and it's 2010. They, to me, in 2010, they started repeating the same jokes. But, it, I mean, the show looks great. It's really well written, and he's funny in it. He's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. But I'd recommend it. I know. Oh, and have you checked out The Deuce yet? The Deuce? What the hell's The Deuce? I know. I That's the, the new Di- David the Simon and George Pelicanos uh, project. Starring, no, I, I, starring I, I James have... Franco and James Franco. And Maggie Gyllenhaal's strangely attractive ass. Oh, yeah. I don't get it. She's not classically hot, but she's hot. I don't understand it. It's like, I want to do nasty things to her. I have ever since I saw her in Donnie Darko, and she couldn't have been barely over 18, so now I feel like R. Kelly recess for admitting that. Shit. Because it's not her body that's necessarily super hot. I'm not saying it's ugly. It's her smile and her eyes and her attitude. Motherfucker, you're in love. Oh, I've been. (laughs) Oh, deep. Like, Donnie Darko, who the fuck is that? It is. Look at life in New York City during the 1970s. And then my whole world was turned upside down when I saw that. What was the film? The Secretary? The Secretary, yeah. (laughs) The fly on the paper. (laughs) I was waiting for that to come up. I didn't even know. That was kind of a turning point. See, I think that's why I'm really in love because he introduced me to things that I didn't even know I had feelings about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. But no, the deuce is uh, is supposed to be about the uh, porn industry. Well, it's kind of about it. It's telling a story similar, like the wire. It seems I've only seen two episodes. Although the first one was like a feature long, a feature length film. It's it's about porn, but it's about it's about Times Square and what used to go down there. Well, all right. See, I like the I, I like what it says it's about. Ninety two percent. But did yeah, average tomato meter with the audience. See? 76. I'm always dubious of anything that's high with the critics. Because usually the audience is like It's early. Yeah. But the, I will say this about David Simon shows. Uh you don't really I mean, get what it's about until like halfway through the season. Although, he's like, here's the real story that I'm telling. Although this statistic says three out of four people like it. So I mean, I, I love The Wire. Three out of four is 75%. I absolutely, I absolutely love his miniseries. I absolutely love his miniseries, Generation Kill. I've right. actually had combat Marines, Marines in my family, tell me that is the most accurate portrayal of the military you're ever going to fucking see up to that point. Um, Treme, I tried to get into and I couldn't. And Oh, I love it. That, that miniseries that came out, uh, something about a hero. It just came out last year. Didn't see I, it. I watched two episodes and I couldn't do it. So I am completely 50-50 on the fence about this show. I'm going in with as open a mind as possible. I understand that his first couple episodes are setups for the rest Hold of this, the season. I, I got two questions for you. Yeah. Did you like The Wire? Come on now. Did you like Pimps Up, Hose Down? <laughs> I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Yes, yes. You're gonna fucking die. I mean, just on the pimp shit alone. I'm not saying that's what carries a show. 
But just watch it for the pimps, man. No, I've 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 heard some, at least some, if anything, I've heard some quick breakdowns of of characters and situations surrounding them, and I'm like, fucking I Method Man it. was a pimp last episode. <laughs> I can I can see how. But I bet he was looking at Clifford Harris. Yes. I can see how they're setting it up to be like, okay, so the porn industry in New York. Well, where's the where's the best place to go get actresses? Gee, let's get them off the street. You know what I'm saying? They're already used to fucking for money. Yeah. Like I can, I, I can, I can see the setup that's coming. So yeah, and because I know how he writes and how his shows work, I, if it doesn't go in that direction, I'll be shocked. But it's gonna go in some direction. Everything's always a setup. I literally just watched the rewatched The Wire three months ago. And I'm watching the second season, realizing he's setting up shit, and it's going to happen in the fourth and fifth seasons. Right. Like it's seriously our callbacks to the second season, and that's five. You know, those that, that was season five and season two were five years apart. So it's dense. If you don't like that type of storytelling, if it, it's like a visual novel. There's things that happen that don't happen on screen. There, if you're required to pay attention, if you're looking at your phone, you miss shit. Exactly. Maybe not you the have, show for you. Yeah, this isn't going to lay out everything for you. It's not going to tell you, yeah. hey, this is the good guy, this is the bad guy, and this is how you should feel about everything. Yeah, this isn't Game of Thrones. This isn't like what's going on. I think those two people are mad at each other. Well, he just stabbed him with the sword, so I guess so. Even Game of Thrones, I gotta say, that first season, I, about three episodes in, I was like, oh, okay, everybody's, everybody's the bad guy to an extent in this show. I get it now. Right. There really is no good guy. It's just people doing and rationalizing their actions to themselves because they think that's, that's what they need to do. Yeah. For whatever reason. Rich, I really do gotta get going. I gotta drive home yet and do some more editing. Oh, I didn't realize you were at the studio. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. But I gotta cut it off. I gotta pinch it off. Pinch it off. We'll come back next That's week. Not a good way to end a show. Yeah. <laughs> Go home and finish it. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Thanks everybody who's listening, who's liking, who's sharing. Man, I'm starting to think, uh, I'm noticing a trend with the downloads. There's a lot of people listen to this on the, on the Monday morning. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe if we get start getting it towards that, I don't know, but hey. Well, look, I, there's a lot of podcasts that pile up for the weekend for me, yeah. and some of them don't get to Monday or so. But hey, if you're getting to us, we appreciate it. So maybe we're becoming like the last week tonight of podcasts. Can't expect to be automatically everyone's number one go-to podcast. Where's our enemy? Where's our enemy? As long as we're on your list. Yeah. Hey, for anybody. Thank you for listening, and uh, we are at Unregimented Pod on Twitter, at un, uh, uh, Regimented on Instagram. You can email the show, Unregimented, at ChristopherMedia.net, and uh, yeah, maybe one day Jay will come back. We, we know he's, we know we see him in those messages. Little, <laughs> his little bubble says he reads the messages we send. But uh, uh, yeah. thanks to everybody who's been listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, see ya. Later, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. 
Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.